Does the Black Moon Howl? Only for those with an unwavering desire to hear the truth. Access granted. You have been selected for an opportunity. An orientation as a trusted associate, if you will, into the secured, contained, and protected files of the Foundation. SCP Unredacted distributes new files for review, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, on secure channels on YouTube, Spotify, and scp-unredacted.captivate.fm. Hello and welcome to the Skip Squad Pod trailer. I'm your host, T. Staffor. And I am your lovely other host, Luxyco. Also, just wondering, how did you get my house? Who cares? We're recording the podcast trailer. Well, it's not the first time she's busted down my door. You gotta stop. Like, I can't afford to replace it again. Now, let's tell the listeners what we do here. Is it too meta to mention we're reading a script? You want to talk meta? I didn't know what to put here, so I'm talking about what I should put here. She also misspelled want. Anyway. Right, right. Back on track. Here at the Skip Squad podcast, we don't care about what you write, we care about what you love. Keeping you entertained with what our authors enjoy most as readers, from GOI formats to formal articles alike. We don't just talk about guests' favorite SCPs. Each guest will also tell us about their passions and hobbies, completely unrelated to the Foundation. Whether it's robotics, music, or filmmaking, each guest has their own passions that we love to hear about as well. You, yes you, the listener, can participate in this along with us. If you send in emails over at skipsquadpod at gmail.com, we will read them out on the show. When we aren't recording the pod, we document our ventures on various platforms. You can find us on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Twitter where we post preview clips for upcoming episodes along with revealing who we will have on next. Our handle is at SkipSquadPod. And finally, our website with links to all the listening platforms can be found on the SCV Wiki itself at the Skip Squad Pod Hub. Now get out. And have fun. Smile. Hey there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SCP fans, my name is Grigori Karpin, and this is Simply Creative People, the show about SCP creatives, be they authors, artists, or off-site content creators like YouTube and TikTok. We're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki. So, many welcomes to all, and let's get started. Hello! Welcome back to Simply Creative People, and this is part two of our Halloween specials. Uh, only this time we're actually going to talk about shit on the SCP wiki, which, you know, is sort of why we made this podcast. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, my name is Gregory Carbon, and author on the wiki, and my co-host, as always, is... I'm Gary Blank. That is true. And today, our first-time guest is Disajon. How are you doing, sir? Hello. I am good, thank you. Very happy to be here. Slightly hungover, but hopefully that will loosen me up for the conversation about our wonderful SCPs we have today. Oh my god, do hangovers loosen you up? That's the opposite reaction. <laughs> you sound so much classier than both of us. Oh, yeah. You're a hangover than we sound just normally. It's amazing. You sound wonderful. I'm looking forward to hearing the Canadian twang in your accent. He doesn't it's really like have it. It's cool. very subtle. 
It's because it doesn't exist. It's like people from <laughs> Ottawa and nowhere else. Yeah, well, blame it on Leonard Kinney uh, and other shows. Yeah. I mean, no one talks I, I, like people think and people in LA talk. No one talks like that. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh, I know what LA sounds like. No, you fucking don't. I don't know where this a boot shit came from. I've never in my life heard anybody say that. Well, boots are useful because you, they're higher uh, than normal tennis shoes, and sometimes they're waterproof. <laughs> really, we're starting this off with. Oh my God! Moral high ground. Thy name is not Harry Blank. <laughs> okay, but that was that was like fucking octogenarian level right there. This is this is the true home. <laughs> a bunch of retirement home community people keeping each other company. Well, uh, well, yeah, okay, you know, this is the true horror. Good segue because we're here to talk about horror stuff on the SCP Wiki. Um, yeah, done. Uh, what episode are we on now? Like twenty-four. Twenty-four. We've done plenty of horror articles, but they've ne- it's been never been. Horrible. Yeah, too. Um, for the first. 10 episodes I had a terrible mic and for the first 22 episodes you had a terrible mic yeah um audio horror but we've 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 done plenty of horror uh, articles before um but it's never been the focus because we've always been focused on GOIs um and eventually I you know I guess canons but we did a comedic episode uh with Dune and and Plague uh and Distron thought it would be a good idea to do a horror episode and seeing as it's fucking Halloween and we're recording this the day before Halloween. Uh, yeah. That's right. Spooky, scary. It's meant to be a, yeah, a ghost noise. Ghost. <laughs> oh, ghost noise. So before we get into that, Man, uh, ghosts. Uh, what I like to always do, because I'm lame, uh, is I want to know how people find the wiki. So, just John, how did you discover the wiki and then decide to start writing for it? Oh, that... That is a question I genuinely don't know the specific answer mm-hmm. to. I can remember, I can remember, I, I'm, I'm aware of when I was aware of the wiki by, but I can't remember the exact uh, situation that led me to it. Like, I first read, started reading articles 2011, 2012, oh. so decades nice. ago now. So it's been, I've been a fan for a very long time. Um, I can remember joining back as a as a as a teenager and joining like the the IRC network <laughs> and being an absolutely dreadful article idea about a fake eye which would let you time travel. Um, <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> like logical connection. <laughs> I feel like I'd like to think. Well, it was the. Do you remember they had um, before before the the image policy got updated? There used to be this page on the wiki of image fuel and it would be all these weird and wonderful photoshop things many of which were were not cc and usable via today's standards but there was like a a a picture of an eye on that site with a like an analog clock face uh embedded over it and i was like ah i'm gonna take this and do the most simple straightforward No pass and go. What's so great is without the background story of this, you know, SCP Fuel image page, there would be no, you would not be able to tell me about, oh, fake eye that lets you time travel. I would not be able to understand where that idea even came. It it sounds, wow, what? Like, what is that about? And then we we thought you were so creative and then it turns out you're just stealing ideas from stolen images. You're like, look at this image and you're, and you're just like, let me just do this literally. This is literally what this image is doing. (laughs) 
I've come on. I've come on to the Simply Creative People podcast. <clears throat> I've instantly excised the second word from that. I'm just. I'm just simple. No, you. No, see, you're the best uh, because your most articles that I have read from you, if you summarize it in a sentence, would sound like the tropiest thing on the planet. And then you always take it from a different and unique angle that makes me go, "What the fuck? How? You've done two black moon type things one's a red moon one's a black moon whatever fuck you how'd you do them both and what color you do next <laughs> that's right well, I, you i forget what episode it was on but one of you was speculating mm. that it'll be a verdant green mm-hmm. moon. Hair, so yeah about and that'll be that um but yeah so so mm. thank you for those kind of compliments i would uh, believe it you you'd be a completely legitimate target for uh winning acon no is yeah. it you passing the mantle over <laughs> the well, mantle. Well, he's he's already become the loser, so he can't. That's right. Hey, hey. That joke's hey. never gonna get old. No, it's already um, old. It's it's old. Yeah. No, it's yeah, awesome the... because I made that joke intentionally right from the start, and everybody who discovers it thinks that I didn't think of it, and it was their their cleverness that came up with it, and it's it's been really amusing <laughs> watching everybody. That's fucking karmic justice, pal. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Just just having one up on everybody. Yeah, it is funny though. I remember from the first moment you mentioned it. Like, like, this is this is like... so ridiculous. There's no way this is gonna happen. But what if it did? It's worth doing it. Yeah, like there's no way I'm gonna win. But if I did win with this title, it would be amazing. And then everybody's like, Do you realize? It's like I know. Yeah, I spent a yeah. month on it. I I was aware what it was called. <clears throat> I like it when people I, I ask me it. things about titles. And then go, did you think about... Yeah, I made it up. Like, I made up my title. I mean, occasionally I get titles from other people, but most of the time it's me. Somebody just asked me if the Geppetto, because on the SCP Anthology hub page, which we'll talk a little bit about later, um, we all have, like, pseudonyms under Professor Blake or whatever, and uh, not literally. Um, And uh, mine is Professor Geppetto. Because I told a weird cosmic horror story version of uh, Pinocchio. And somebody was asking me if that was intentional. What? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, what kind of coincidence would that be? <laughs> in both of those setups, I like, the, I like the idea that in some parallel universe, someone's gone to Harry and said, you, did you, you were aware that you won with the loser? And your mind's just been blown. You had no oh idea. Your reaction was <laughs> The idea of being able to, to write fiction on that level, but also not understand a simple wordplay would be, <laughs> like, so good. Like, if you can write a novella and then you don't understand your very ironic title, like, that's fucking hilarious. Like, are you... Did you get hit by, like, a boulder? I mean, like, do you have brain damage right now? Okay, the very first line in my author post was SCP-7000, the loser. Unless... (laughs) It's right there. 25 July 2022, okay? I came up with it. We're talking about Desidrons and have turned into me. Excuse me. That's all right. And everybody's coughing. I think everybody's sick. No, I my allergies a bit. So hopefully it won't ruin this recording. Anyway, um Yeah, so when when uh, Digidrum, when did you join the wiki? Yeah, I so I joined the wiki twenty eighteen. Uh, I think just like twenty eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I am. He's sticks, right? So I'm not. That's right. Uh, well, you sound great for 56, let me say. You do, yeah. Thank you. Um, Out of the yeah, old like, 50. Joined in 2018 and wrote two articles which did okay. They were, they, you know, they're, they're fine. I, I don't read them and cringe. Um, <laughs> two articles up. Then drafted a few more and received posted one of them to the forum for crit and this is this is caveated with it's five years ago right and i received some pretty harsh and damning feedback which was not did not verge on the on the side of of constructive to the point that it then made me give up and put pens down and say, hey, I'm just never going to make this work. And if I've interacted with you in an SCP space before, it has likely been that I've given you crit. And it's because of that experience that I am a really big advocate, as I know that both of you are, for open, honest, and direct crit, but one in which brutality or harshness is not a venerated quality. Right. Uh, yeah, because so. directness is super important. If if this is not working, you need to tell that person it's not working because they need to hear that painful thing. And they need to hear it in a direct fashion because maybe they won't listen to it. I mean, they probably won't listen anyway. But you've got to be... I mean, let's, let's face it. But, you know, we've talked about this before plenty of times off the show. But the, the minute you start getting brutal, the minute you start getting rude or sarcastic or mean in any way... The person who's listening to that crit, the intended audience, shuts down. Mm -hmm. There's no way they're listening anymore. And the whole point of you expending energy to tell them what's wrong with the draft is so that they listen. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing it for? Who cares? Yep. Um, and so the minute you get mean, uh, and I won't name names as to very famous people that do it on the wiki all the time, um, but it's boring. And it's a trope of the old school brutality is good crit, and that's not true. You can be More direct. Hand. Yeah. You can be direct. You can be honest. You don't have to be mean. I'm always couching something that is bad news in the, look, I'm sorry. I know this is probably going to be hard to hear, but, you know, this doesn't work. And here's why it doesn't work. And that's all you have to say. Anything more than that is just sadistic. Yeah. Yeah. If, I if, agree. If you're if you're getting like a if you're dunking on somebody, um, you you're no longer you can't frame your act as an act of generosity or improvement. It's it's you satisfying your own urge to dunk on somebody. That's all that you've done. If that's what you're doing, even if there's a legitimate criticism, it's still just you decided that you were going to selfishly use this opportunity to make yourself feel better. Yeah. But Distrad, you you brought up uh, doing horror for this episode, which is a good thing because you know it's something I actually think a lot about as well. Um, and you had some really interesting thoughts when we were first discussing it. So why don't we talk about horror in general before we get into some articles? And the way it's yeah. set up for the listener is we each picked a few articles, and then we're going to discuss them, and then there's a couple from the audience, uh, and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. Uh, but I mm -hmm. doubt it's going to be slow because some of these are bigger. Articles. Well, yeah, as a, as a kind of segue between between the topics, yeah. right? So I had some time off, had a had two and a bit years off of away from the wiki. Good old COVID and lockdown hit, and yep. we were all stuck in our houses. It's like, oh, maybe I should give this a, another go. 
So rejoined and posted an article which was uh, SCP-5733 knife scream cut to black the the suburb yeah, article mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and it did rather well and i've been uh around and participating on the site since and yeah i really i love horror i really appreciate it both on the wiki outside of the wiki i think it is just amazing and 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 a wonderful genre that doesn't get the the credence it it often needs right you can it's sometimes seen as a bit pulpy um, which it can be an unfair assessment and it can be and there's also value in pulpiness right Absolutely. like you think of Friday the 13th kind of the the, the schlocky kills and stuff um, but yeah yeah. let's talk about horror. what was it that you wanted to yeah cover? so you know I think that there's and I've talked about this with people before I think there's primarily two audiences for horror there's the people that want to see oh that was crazy that guy got killed in some horrible you know um, which are the people that I think watched every single, you know, uh, Final Destination or every single Friday the 13th yeah. or whatever. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, Final Destination is quite clever in the kills that it comes up with. But I've never really appreciated horror for that basis. Although I will watch pretty brutal horror movies. Um, the reason I like horror is because I feel like there are two things about horror that are constantly interesting. One, it, it's one of the more effective ways to talk about social commentary um to talk about pretty serious subjects and problems with society without being didactic um and the other is that it's constantly pushing boundaries which those things are related but um i i feel like there's a lot more originality there's there's both the tropiest shit ever in horror and also some of the most original stories ever in horror and i always find that kind of ironic <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's so many horror movies that you go, ugh, really? Or horror stories or whatever. You're just like, ugh, it's just like, you know, sh cynical and shameless. Let me just plug that thing in. The same yep. thing you've seen a thousand times. But then there's also shit like Clive Barker or, you know, any number of other authors and, and creators where you look at something and oh, you don't hug me, I'm scared, you know, for example, or oh, yeah. a, a thousand other ones oh. that we could go on forever about um, media that makes you go, where the fuck did this come from? This is brilliant. And I, and I think there's, yeah, go ahead. There's, there's another category, right? Which is the horror, which is the, like the self-aware, I know this is tropey and I'm going to play with it and I'm going to play with you and what you expect. Sure. Scream, cabin in the woods etc oh 100 um, or you know like both of the, both of the summer slasher articles yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you know I, that's what you do you're directly playing on expectations I, of tropes and stuff i will not absolutely brilliant <clears throat> i will not spoil anything about this movie but barbarian just came out and it is oh, on my watch list it's incredible it's incredible i've never seen a movie that was more tense and was more aware of the expectations of the audience and then uses it to trick you it's brilliant um and a lot of new horror is like this um i think it follows did it really well as well where it's just like hey i'm aware of these expectations and i'm going to use it against you uh and that's absolutely true with the suburb slasher both articles do that really well <clears throat> 
Yeah, I mean, it follows is is a masterclass in yes. in keeping you tense and keeping you on the edge of your seat, right? Because in every scene, you're focusing on what's going on, but you're constantly looking in the background, oh, constantly really scanning the horizon to see if it's coming. To it's a bit following, hey? Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> um, Do you think they knew about that when they picked the title? I th- no, God, <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love that about, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a trick that's hard to do in, in pros or, you know, in, in SCPs. Uh, but the, the, the fun way that you can make the camera focus in on one thing while something else is showing up in the background is very smart. And again, a lot of horror movies in the last few years, I feel like have done that to lesser or, or more success. Um, playing with the expectations and then playing with the focus is pretty impressive. Um, and that's something you can definitely do in fiction. Um, and that's what I always like to do. I like to set things up to be one thing and then by the end it's something else. And if you're writing a horror story, you're not doing that. Why are you even doing it? When I, I, I don't know how it is for you both, but when I write, I often imagine, imagine what I'm writing as a scene in a movie. Yes, and I will visualize it, and I will—I know exactly how it happens in a in a visual sense. And then it's the the challenge is is, is translating that into text and into a short story novel format. And but yeah, I often, you know, because of that, think about things I've seen in horror movies, think about the set pieces, etc. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of fun, right? Trying to figure out that riddle of, of converting from one medium to another yeah absolutely um i feel like if i'm not writing on the wiki or playing a horror game i'm i'm watching horror movies uh if, and it's not just because it's halloween it's it's pretty frequently what i like yeah i even rewatched many of those <laughs> i just rewatched the entirety of the evil dead series including the tv show <laughs> I couldn't get into the TV show. Okay, well, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Right? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm actually curious. What what didn't you like about the show? I, I, it was a few years ago. I gave it a I gave it a, a shot. Um, so I can't quite recall. I think no, Bruce Campbell was amazing as always. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to be like Bruce Campbell was terrible. It's like you're okay. Listen. I'm Campbell. Podcast this show. <laughs> Bruce Carpen, Campbell does not very well. Now it's uh, Carpin recommended. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's um it's sort of the best of both sides of Evil Dead in equal measure. There are moments in the show that are like so upsettingly gross and and violent, um, but there are also moments of the show that are just so fucking silly. Uh, it's really great and everything is canon except for I don't think they ever referenced the reboots but every like all the movies happened and then they, get, they came back and he just became this like worthless burnout that for 30 years did nothing with his life and then it happens in his 60s that he has to start fighting evil again it's fucking brilliant I mean you mentioned a really interesting thing there which is I, I think horror and comedy are yes two sides of the same coin right and they they often go so well together and you there's a kind of um one of them relieves the tension the other builds it up 
Um, when we were thinking about articles to talk about in this podcast, one of the ones which was initially on my shortlist, which I, I decided not to go with purely because it is it's well known within the community and it's great, is um, SCP-5798, the drain snake. Oh, drain snake. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Which is this article in which you've got this great banter, this really funny interaction between the anomaly and the researcher immediately followed by some of the most visceral yeah awfully detailed gore on the wiki and it just the two parts of it complement each other so well yeah i mean that's the entirety of why i like writing victim although it doesn't often get into the same viscerality that that the drain snake does um occasionally we touch that but you started that way and then sort of moved away from it yeah yeah exactly because i just didn't want to do that all the time i should go back to it sometime um, yeah, there are, I don't think there's any later on equivalent to the rancid calf mate. Oh, God. Although, I thought I cut that part out. You did, yes. Okay. But that, <laughs> it was on in my mind. Oh, whatever. Thanks for that. Well, yeah. yeah, so Dissadron, uh, you know, is just as much uh, responsible for a victim becoming a thing, even though he didn't know that's what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, I can remember on... The day before seeing the first draft of five eight eight nine, Harry messaging me and going, <laughs> "Gregory's got something coming, and you're gonna love it." And it's very, very, uh, it's very good. And it was. Um, but yeah, it's interesting you said that. I don't know if you remember. I had like a, a mm-hmm. victim tale in the in the works, which was about five eight fifties. Yeah, fifties housewife. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's I, I that was I ended up. I've still got it somewhere, but I ended up taking that off the hob because by the time it was more developed and ready for posting, you'd evolved Victim right so far beyond that. And it had gone from kind of awful, crazy uh, radio shows to pre-headed TV mooses giving <laughs> conference lectures. I think it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I love the trajectory that you did taking it on and and the the co-authors have taken it on yeah um um, the secret has been i'm just gonna do this and then we'll see what happens (laughs) there's never any plan like the the three-headed moose and that's that's an scp 6123 um that just i was just like okay what should this presenter look like uh uh moose would tell like it was literally just shit off the top of my head and then i wrote it down and i went that's ridiculous all right we're keeping that uh or the guy I think there's a guy in there that drank coke through his empty nipple cavity as well. Like, it's just... <laughs> I'm sure if you had something that was more in the tune of uh, Amnestic, that, um, I mean, so that stuff's all set well before this stuff, so there could have been, like, a trajectory where it changes. So I'm sure, sure it, could, it could fit in with an earlier version of what was going on. I like that your first victim, Harry, uh, sort of feels like a nice bridge. Uh, so does 5904. Uh, yeah, my, mine is in between in time scale and also in between in tone, but of course it's also completely different from almost all the other oh, ones. Sure. By virtue of being the, I don't know, third or second one posted? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's got I nothing think, to do with it. I think it was the fourth article posted. Was it? Yeah. Plague? I think I, uh, was Gehenna Arcade before that? No, no, no. But I think I had already done the history. Oh, yeah. And the, a movie of you. Not a movie of you, but a... Uh, the HR one. And yes, you were inspired. You took off. 
Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. I'm still doing it. Um, and this is yeah. what happens. This drawing just came to us with a list of ideas and went, right. "Are any of these? Do any of these look like fun for collaboration?" And yeah, <laughs> the ideas were all great. Yeah, <laughs> it was an almost paralyzingly good list. The history DVD was also started off as uh, an idea that this drawing gave me. We're just gonna cannibalize you. Well, you know, it, it was like way <laughs> afar afield from. The idea eventually, but I remember it was, I can't remember. I think it was about some like histories of battles or something like that, that never happened. And, yeah. and then I was just, yeah. I think it was, I think that's all, it was like a sentence. And then I was like, okay, but what if it was a documentary, like actually interviewing the people that were there, but even if they were back in Roman times. <laughs> the Sidron arrives, sees the SCP fuel thread, writes something on it. A few years later, just becomes the SCP fuel thread. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I to swing to swing back into it because this is why we got into victim in the first place but I don't want to derail too much um, like the reason why horror and comedy are both like mirror images of each other and why they can fit so well together why so often horror comedies movies that are both are so effective it's because those are the two genres that are most interested in telling society here's what's fucking wrong with you that's true I mean, drama doesn't do it. You know, thrillers often don't do it. Certainly action movies and big blockbusters don't do it. Romance, God knows, doesn't do it. Because <laughs> romance is full of so many horrible, misogynistic bullshit. It's crazy. But <clears throat> so frequently, horror and comedy are the ones that are on the cutting edge. You know, not always, but... Um, and sometimes it's very, you know, it doesn't age well. But even if you look at, like, old Stephen King stuff, which a lot of his stuff does not age well... You know he's he's pushing boundaries back then as well, um, and I, I, I that's why I like both. I mean, it's why it makes so much sense to write stories that are somewhere in between because it's always trying to push the boundary. I, if I'm not trying to make you feel very uncomfortable while making you laugh, um, then I'm not doing my job, in my opinion. Absolutely. You you always make me feel uncomfortable, Gregory. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and and and, uh, and this action caused me, yeah. <laughs> of course, Disadron caused the very first thing that happened to me today when I woke up was laughter. So I mean, that's a good start. <laughs> what was it? Oh yes, I said I was tired, and you said I shall try to be your morning coffee in an energizing way, not the shitting yourself side effect. <laughs> <laughs> to which I went, does coffee do that? <laughs> Distron claims it does. No, Distron says, I believe, and there's a direct quote, I believe it has laxative qualities. <laughs> I believe it does. I, no, it does. I I just thought it was amazing how many phrases. All right. Dear listeners, do you think that coffee has a laxative effect? <laughs> Tell us. No. Tell us right, in well, your mind. All right. I know that another, another commonality between horror and comedy is scatological uh, elements, but that doesn't need to be a commonality with the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that horror, the reason it matters to me is so frequently I see stories that are, you know, just kind of blow me away. More often than not, that's the genre in which I see the most originality, certainly in fiction. I always will go, if I'm in a bookstore, I always go to look at horror first. It's got a lot of tropey shit. But if you dig through, there's always someone in there uh, that's writing stories that is, you know, 
wow, what is this? Like, I've never seen anything like this. And I think that's by definition, because horror is constantly being like, oh, well, they, they, no one will get scared of this, so we should do so. You know, I mean, you see a lot of the same shit over and over again, but I feel like the people that are pushing boundaries are trying to, you know, oh, I got to do something different because that's already been done. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we were talking about the the outline of this episode, right, I mentioned the idea that horror is is the idea of the safe becoming unsafe yeah. and it you're right you need to innovate and you need to change things up because the very first i've got no idea what it would have been but the very first you know he's behind you moment in a film must have been terrifying you fast forward 50 years and it's an established trope and you know what's going to happen so you need to be reinventing it keeping it fresh trying different things and yeah innovating as you said so i just actually this is ironic not for the podcast but i just happened to watch i watch a lot of youtube on horror uh frequently actually and i can't remember who which channel it was but they did something about uh jump scares um and they were talking about the first jump scare and it's uh i believe in the cat people i think that's the name of it and it's about this woman who marries someone and is turns out that she has been cursed her whole family's been cursed uh to be cat people but that has nothing to do with the marriage the point is is that she suspects her husband is having an affair so she's going to hunt down the 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 mistress uh and there's a scene where the mistress you know you don't even know if she is actually having an affair with the husband but the point is she's walking down the street and it's all black and white it's like 19 i don't i'm not sure 52 53 and it's just this long shot of a woman walking down the street kind of from the side uh and the woman stops and hears and it's a very dark street and she stops and she kind of looks around she looks down the street and you can't see anything and it kind of keeps going for a good three to four minutes i would say it's a long extended shot um and then she walks up to a bus stop and the bus pulls up in a very very sudden way uh like you were not expecting it because the camera was so panned into the woman and you're so expecting some monster or somebody to come out of the shadows to get her and so it's just the bus arriving and it's it's very effective that's it's, awesome yeah it's cool the the place my mind has gone to with that is there's linking it to a film series you mentioned earlier on there's a, a kill in i think the first final destination of a woman walking out into a road and suddenly an explosion of sound, an explosion of an object moving onto onto the screen and this bass just goes by and completely sends her flying. And yeah, 50 years later, same technique, still being used, same object. And yeah, I will be going and looking up the cat person film for sure. That sounds really interesting. I think it's called The Cat People. Uh, uh, It's something like that. going to turn yeah. out to be something completely unrelated i'm it's not cool. no 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 it's it is it's, it's something very close to that Almost uh, like photos of amsterdam or something just remotely <laughs> related you know what's funny is in general i don't really like jump scares um I, I think that they can be used in very clever ways but i feel like that was most of the focus of, of horror movies in the 80s and 90s uh mm. and then i i like that a lot of um, a lot of horror now is not interested in surprising you. It's instead 
making you think about it. I'm, I'm thinking about, have you seen The Conjuring? I've not, known. Okay, no. so there's a scene where something quite outlandish happens. And I don't want to spoil it. It's a very good movie, and I highly recommend it. Although I don't typically like movies that are from a religious point of view. It's a very Catholic-focused horror. But this is an exception. I think it's really brilliant. Um, and something happens on screen without... It, 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 you're looking at the same... You know, it doesn't cut. There's no quick cuts. There's no... It's just something that's so ridiculous that it takes you a second to realize, Oh, shit! What the fuck just happened? Because it's wait, no one can actually be up there. Like, who was that? You know, it, it, you know, it's like basically someone coming out of a wall, but not. It's not that. But uh, and I like that people are playing around with the fact that we're all expecting jump scares all the time, and now a lot of horror movies are not as interested in doing jump scares. They just suddenly are sh like uh, it follows. There were very few actual jump scares. Everything else was actually the thing has been on camera for a while. You just weren't paying attention mm. to it, <laughs> and it, when it, you only noticed it when it came all the way up close to the camera. Oh, bro, oh shit! And you go back and watch that movie in slow motion. You go, oh, it's really it's, there. It is. It's been walking towards them for thirty seconds. <laughs> Do you think it'll go full circle? Yeah, and people will get people will get tired of the fake out uh, jump scares, and we'll be right back to square one. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think that there will be a lot of um, nostalgia for the like traditional horror i think in a lot of ways i think first before that though and i think we're starting to see that now with things like by ari aster there's a real uh renaissance of people trying to write fairly um cerebral horror like the way that horror was in, like the 30s and 40s before jump scares became the thing and it's more about just creepy you know atmosphere and whatnot um I don't know if you've seen Hereditary or um, or Midsummer, but both of those they have a couple of jump scares, but mostly it's just about making you go, "Oh shit!" That's yeah. Weird. I've seen both. I think they're both fantastic. Yeah, they're brilliant. Also, empathize with uh, John Carpenter came out of a quote a few weeks ago where he was being interviewed and someone said. Um, you know, what do you think of elevated horror, this new stuff, and, you know, it's like all really intellectual, and da-da-da, and this response was, I don't know what that is, or I, something, something to that. I think it was exactly that. It was that, and he's right, because elevated horror is a stupid gatekeeping phrase. Yes. Uh, horror has always been what current horror, you know what the difference is between Midsummer and the first Halloween? A shit ton more money. You know, because John Carpenter was always that talented, he just had to fight to get money for his scripts. And the, yep. and he never wanted to do a series about a dude with a knife. It was supposed to be an anthology. But the crowds did. The big money didn't want it. So, you know, Ari Aster is just a guy who has more access. To, because people now believe in horror the way that they didn't in the 70s, I think. Like people with the money as well. Um, the, you know, the... I'm a huge Clive Barker fan. I mentioned twice already on this podcast. On like this episode, I'm sure to mention on other ones. A huge Clive Barker fan. Not just his films, which I like a lot, uh, but his novels. I've read basically every book he's written. Um, and the original Hellraiser is in my top five films of all time, period. Uh, let alone top horror. I think it's amazing. Especially for how little money it, it clearly cost. Um, and there is a 
franchise that just went to shit because it was just the Weinstein company just running that thing into the ground because, oh, we should make this into a slasher. I think he missed the point entirely. Um, it's not really what Pinhead is about. Also, why do you please don't call him Pinhead? Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not, a, not a very threatening name. No. Yeah. It's the Hell Priest or Lead Cenobite, but it doesn't have a name. Um, and, uh, you know, he he's shown up in a couple of books and he's fascinating. And I have been because I'm as such a huge fan of just constantly upset about what the trajectory of that series of films took over, you know, the last 20, 30 years. And then it's so exciting to see Hulu just brought out a new one and it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And, and the difference is very simply, the only difference is between all those shitty ones is it's written and directed by somebody who gives a shit. Uh, and there was good money behind it. So is it elevated? No, I don't know what that means. Was it, uh, you know, horror has always talked about, you know, important stuff. Um, I think that people are a little more willing to uh, give horror some leeway now because we trust it as a medium. Um, not we as horror fans, but the wider public. I feel like there are more yeah. people that are interested in shit like It Follows and other because of, you know, kind of the way that these films are attracting really stunning actors and writers. And so have you ever, there's a little bit more like, uh, no, it's, I just meant that there's a little more like they, they, you're allowed a little bit more of a leash. And so they're allowed to tell more subtle stories. Um, but I think it's always been like this. Anyway, what were you going to say? Your, your comment about, uh, Hellraiser being your top five kind of got me thinking about, about my favorite, favorite horror movies. And I was, I was 13, 14. And went round to one of my friend's houses and there was a big, big group of us and did a horror movie marathon in the night and watched things like The Wicker Man. Oh, the original or the, or the Nick Cage one? The one that's a horror movie, I would have said. Uh, they're both pretty silly, honestly. Yeah, but one's got Christopher Lee and one's got a man punching a woman dressed as a bear. So one of those is scary and one of those is goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lee's the goofy one, right? I can't. Right, exactly. Uh, to be like, fair, Christopher Lee is like horror movie icon. Yeah, he was, but he's more very movies he's goofy as fuck. Uh, his Hammer movies are hilariously goofy. They, they're not meant oh, yeah. to be. <laughs> anyway, anyway, just a draw. Um, well, but where was I? Wicker Man. Uh, yeah. yeah so there was there was a, a variety of, of of different films, and have have either of you ever seen the film Wreck? R E C no no oh uh no but i know what it is it's is it it's found footage right yeah yeah it is a found footage kind of news report spanish language film about a zombie outbreak in an apartment block and it is there's nothing after, after talking and, and waxing lyrically about the wonders of innovation and <laughs> you know directors mixing stuff up it is there's, there's, there's nothing, oh, I, I would say there's nothing new in it, but everything in it is just done so fantastically. It's an atmosphere you can cut with a knife. It is terrifying. It is gory. It is well acted. If you're ever looking for a, you know, something a little bit, a little bit different to your traditional slasher films on Halloween tomorrow to watch, I would highly recommend it. It nice. is edge of your seat you know biting your fingernails for the hour and a half that i i think the length is 
um, yeah, I'd say that's my my personal favorite horror film. I think it's funny. Um, I feel like for a while there, we were all supposed to dislike found footage. Um, people were kind of like, uh, it was like the part of the 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 the, the big narrative, the genre consciousness was, oh, everyone's doing that because of Blair Witch or whatever. And um, I've suddenly realized in the last couple of years, I actually really like that genre. There's a there's more good ones than bad ones. Uh, I don't like paranoid paranormal activity very much, which is the really uh, successful ones. But there's a lot of examples of them that are excellent. You know, Blair Witch. Uh, honestly, all three Blair Witch movies are good. Um, Chronicle is a really good movie. Uh, there's a lot of really good found footage horror movies that are excellent. You're talking, and strangely enough, my uh, my mind is going to something at first unrelated. It's going to disco. <laughs> like the genre of music? The genre of music. Okay. And in the latter 19... In the, like, the latter, latter half of the 1970s, right, like this huge kind of anti-disco movement emerges. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, disco sucks. And, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and then you fast forward a few years, you know, you've got Beyonce releasing Renaissance over the summer with a Donna summer sample. And everyone's like, oh, actually... Disco's pretty good, and it's the. I think it's the same thing with found footage, right? It's that they're almost, there almost gets to be a momentum in the public consciousness as to oh, this thing's bad. We don't need any more of this, and it's not really an objective assessment of its worth. Yeah, it's a very emotional kind of gut reaction to seeing too much. I mean, and it's true there for a while there, especially because it was such a young genre. I mean, it basically was invented in. It's not true it was invented with Blair Witch. There's actually an, a movie earlier than that that's, a, that's brilliant and upsetting. And I can't remember the fucking name of it. It was about two years before Blair Witch. But it was invented in the 90s. So it's a very young aspect of horror. Uh, and especially once a, a bunch of movies came out that were like that. I can I can imagine why many critics and, and fans were kind of like, eh, this is all kind of feels like the same, uh, but it's really just a framing device, you know? Um, and, and I don't even, I remember people complaining a lot about like, well, why, why does, uh, why is it, but why, why would people keep filming it? Don't, who cares? Like you want realism in your film? Like, don't complain to me about that and then go watch Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's certainly an, an analogy there, an analog there with, um, certain comments that you get on wiki articles right <laughs> i don't know why the foundation is doing this and it's like because it would be a really boring story if they didn't <laughs> it would end like after the first attendant but like Blair Witch is, is such a 90s film i feel like it's almost like the, the movie equivalent of my uncle works at nintendo and if you surf <laughs> and you strength from the truck in the end of that you'll get a mute like it couldn't have happened any earlier it couldn't have happened yeah. any later like if you had wider access to the internet right. you'd just go on and you'd google it but the whole allure of it was almost like a meme movie in a sense of you know is this real is it not real and i yeah i can remember being a kid and people talking about it and talking about it as if it was real found footage of three people that went missing yeah i was um god i think that's even why it's called that because the premise of that movie is that they found these videotapes of these three people in the woods um, under a rock or something. I was in senior year of high school, and I had just we I had had 
computers before, but they were always like Apple IIe's and, you know, nothing impressive. But we had just gotten our legitimate first computer with like the internet and whatever. So I wasn't even really that familiar with things like Wikipedia, which I think was barely around at that point. Um, and so I went to see that movie thinking that it was real. I did walk out of it thinking, no, no way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, because I'd already seen a lot of horror movies. So I was like, okay, I can see how clever this is for what it is. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, the, I, I, if, if people, when people complained about that movie, I get really annoyed. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, it's just so fucking original there. There had been only one before that. And it was a fairly unsuccessful movie. I don't think they were copying it. Um, and either way, it was a completely different sort of story. Th these, this movie was like it, especially the way it ends, you know, with the kid in the corner and like, it's just, it's brilliant. It's just imagery. There's no, you know, jump scares. There's no monster on camera. I guess because it couldn't afford it, but you know, who cares? Because it's like the first half of Jaws being better than the last half of Jaws. And it is. We've come back to the topic of innovation, right? Trying yeah. stuff new, doing things that haven't been done before and doing it to, to wild success and effectiveness. Yeah. So, and also Jaws, which was which occurred to me when you were talking about jump scares, but then you kept going and it was no longer relevant. That's my favorite jump scare, is the first time the shark shows up. That was brilliant. Then, uh, Even though it wasn't supposed to be the first time the shark shows up in the movie, the first time they were able to get the shark to work correctly during the script is when it pops up when he's just shoveling chum into the water. And so good. There's a fucking shark in its face and he goes, Hoot! <laughs> Oh my God, he drops a cigarette from his mouth, right? Yep. Oh. You come down here and shovel some of this shit, and then whomp, and he, he, the cigarette drops out of his mouth, and he's immediately, immediately like flat affect terrified, and just walks into the cabin and says, Roy Schneider, you the mainland and get a bigger boat. Roy Schneider was a fucking legendary performance in that film. Uh, yeah, Roy Schneider made, made Jaws and also Jaws Chuck, 2, which is not very good. But Richard Dreyfus is pretty good too. That's... Well, and. Um, yeah. Oh, James. How, how have I forgotten? Uh, Robert Shaw. Yeah. Robert um, Shaw is absolutely magnetic. I us. just saw that movie for the first time like five years ago. I don't really? know why. I just never saw it as a kid. Um, I never really cared. I, I just assumed. I mean, it was like, oh, Steven Spielberg made a horror movie? <laughs> it's probably not horror. It's probably like fucking lame boomer horror. Like, I'm not, I don't care. Oh, this. It's uh, tense as hell. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's so good. It's, it's incredible. It's like, I, when I, especially because I had such low expectations when I finally was like, fine, I'll watch the movie. Everyone's so fucking obsessed. It's, oh, it's a shark. And just, it's so good. <laughs> it is. I mean, and there are parts of it that aren't even horrible, uh, horrifying, that are so fucking epic and, 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 Memorable. No, it's like him cool. making that speech about the people going into the water in World War II. USS Indianapolis speech. Yeah, that's 137 like, people went into the water. You know, or whatever it is. And it's just yep. there's so many moments in that movie that are uh, like, how did Steven? Uh, no offense to anyone who likes Steven Spielberg movies, but I don't feel like anything he's ever made has ever been as quite as impressive as that film. Oh, Jaws is very tight, and it's also very tight working on limitations. Since yeah, the, you know, sharks didn't work most of the time. Which, you know, fair. I mean, what was that movie? 72. Yeah, it was in the 70s. And also, fuck you, everybody. That shark did not look fake. The later sharks looked fake. Not in Jaws. Anyway. It, it looked pretty fake. Uh, <laughs> no, it anyway. I've seen the shark. Uh, 
been a little I am a shark, and I can tell you for absolute certainty that that is exactly what you look like. Anyway, well, on that note, careful. maybe we should we should transfer to talking about articles because we're already deep into the yeah. Episode. Yeah, the shark bunch incentives coming for you, Harry. Ah, love it. Lord yeah. flops uh, on their way as I speak. <laughs> Lord and flops the only kidding. Lord has been punching me this entire time. <laughs> the whole relationship. <laughs> yeah, but luckily Lord's punches are, uh, you know, they're kind of like tissue paper, so it's fine. And you can see them coming too. Yeah. It's really delicate. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Are we're going to do this by our picks. So we're going to go with Distron. You're the guest. So we're going to pick yours first. Pick on Distron. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through these articles. And basically, first, I want to kind of give some overview as to what the article is about. And then I want to hear your thoughts about like why you picked it. And then Harry and I can kind of jump in with our thoughts. And then we can kind of rotate that as we come to each of our picks. Sound good? Sounds good. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Sounds wonderful. All right. So I'm going to start with this first one you mentioned. Uh, SCP-3127, which is by Tan Honey. Um, I did not write down any of the titles, though. So if anybody knows the titles, feel free to interject. Um, it is. I will I will look it up right now because it is a title of dreams. It, it is perfect. It is. 19-year-old Jessica Lambert and a female pig of abnormal size. Forever. That sounds great. Forever. <laughs> well, that's Forever. great. Well, that's that's great. I basically don't have to summarize, I feel like. Um, but a 19-year-old woman, Jessica Lambert, uh, showing abnormal physical characteristics, but when showing no abnormal characteristics, but when she makes contact with another person, that person adopts the emotional state of, this, of Jessica Lambert. Uh, it usually lasts only 20, 30 minutes. Um, but then like a month or so after she's contained, she says she feels ill and then she ends up having to give birth, even though she showed no signs of pregnancy beforehand and then dies in surgical complications while, while giving birth. But the baby lives. Ah, it's not a baby. It's a small female piglet <laughs> who also shows anomalous because it can speak uh, and it can think and it, it clearly thinks that it is Jessica Lambert uh, and uses her voice. And then when somebody touches it, they too uh, turn into a female piglet who speaks with a woman's voice. And this just kind of keeps going, like, in more and more ridiculous ways. I don't want to give every single thing away, um, although it's not really about uh, twists, in my opinion. Um, but eventually, you know, you've got, like, people turning into corpses that look like half people, half pigs, and 
it's just this woman going through one transformation after another and sort of like begging for someone to end it. Um, so that title is is pretty amazing because it's just so bleak. Like each each of the updates is just like, oh no. <laughs> it starts out like so stupid that you can't take it seriously. Yeah. And it keeps being like that until it is legitimately upsetting, which you, is just brilliant. You forget about the ludicrous uh, yeah. premise. Like, okay, it's a woman who uh, can, is turning, it gives birth to a pig. Oh my God. Okay, but now the woman's pig, is she's possessing the pig. I don't know. Oh, but then she gives birth to miniature hers, and then they grow together and make a full heart. What? And then there's little baby pigs inside her instead of organs. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> And it just kind of keeps going from there. And I do like how it keeps pushing the boundary until you just accept. Every new update, you're just like, all right, what is it now? Yep. Um, but this, John, you, you picked this one. So uh, other than the bleakness and the, the the sort of uh, comedy of terror that is this woman's existential dread by the end. Ooh, that's party. good. The comedy of terrors. I wonder if anybody's used that before. That sounds like a good one. I'm sure they um, what 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 part of this article kind of like speaks to you? Before we before we dive in as a, a podcast housekeeping point, what's the simp creep policy towards spoilers and discussion of article ends and whatnot? Um, this one I I think it's case by case. Sometimes we do it because it's just so thrilling, and and I think people will want to go see how we get there. Um, sometimes it's like the whole point of an article, so I don't want to give it away. And this one, I don't think the ending is what matters. I think it's the journey. Because like I said, it, it keeps with each new update. It's kind of like, oh my, how is it? How can it get more worse? It's worse. <laughs> so I, I don't think spoilers would really matter here. Understood. I think there are certain articles which you read on the site, which stay with you. And this is certainly one of those articles yeah. for me. This is an article I've never been able to forget. Anyone mentions a pig, anyone, anyone starts talking about this article, I remember it, I remember the story beats, I remember all of it. And it is just this, as you've said, right? It is this horrific, ludicrous, ridiculous journey and process of melting, reforming, just becoming more and more horrific as it goes on with this and it, it's so it's one of the article it's an article as well which benefits so greatly from clinical tone mm -hmm. and there's this i've got this i've got it written in front of me like the chain of events that happen and the progression from one thing to another and one of those transitions right is this female pig whose organs are miniature Jeff Jeff Correct. And they end up buried uh, not burying but but um digging out from inside the pig, like just this pig's organs just you know, emerging from it with blood and guts and viscera beneath the, the fingernails as they scratch and scratch away to get out. It is it it is one of those that I would love to know where the idea came from because it's just so crazy and out there. And I think it's it's got a great little uh, Chekhov's cross test in the description, which comes back later on. And you know, there's this this kind of reveal at the end. That the whole time, all of this kind of awful stuff. I think how you put it really well, right? It it it's there's this um, 
there's almost this reveal that what becomes it becomes horrifying because it's revealed that she's been aware of the whole thing yeah and there's you know there's a there's a consciousness still in there um it's it's one of my it's definitely when i wrote 668 which if there's anyone who has listening who has read some of my articles that's the one on the rats um taking over the side that is like that is so gross and clever and scary i want so good (laughs) 3127 is is such an influence on that in both the kind of animal body horror but also just this this my 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 two influences on 668 with this with this article alien and just this idea of this slow burn it starts off everything's you know in the context of the scp wiki slightly normal nothing too untowards happening and it gains momentum and it gains momentum and it gains momentum and especially right at the end right there's something else coming and it doesn't tell you what it is it's left your imagination imagination just what's going to happen next whether it's going to be that the entire planet converts into this <laughs> greaming lambert pig hybrid <laughs> uh, or whether it's you know it, it's just a where does it stop where does the you know where did where does that momentum come to an end and and it doesn't right um and i think it as as with all tanhoni articles it is there is a there is a deliciousness in some of the wording and i've pulled out two of my favorite sentences here so it's where there's there's a like the third stage the anomaly goes through is a a human woman with live piglet organs so you look inside her and instead of a lung it's just like piglet and it's just awful imagery but then when informed of its physical abnormalities scp 3127 showed little concern and claimed that his body had always been that way just complete nonchalantness of the fact that there's pig <laughs> intestines and yeah uh the, well the one before that i think is where the pig is the one that's talking yet uh scp 3127 uh and when informed of the physical abnormalities, the the anomaly showed little concern and claimed that as it is dead, the state of its body is of no concern to it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, so good. The second line I've picked out. It believes itself to be the corpse of Jessica Lambert and often asserts it's dead and requests burial. <laughs> it is slightly like, don't hug me, I'm scared of yeah, Yes. Already in the death yes. episode. Um, oh, God, yeah, I it, love that episode. The whole, the whole series is fantastic. Yes. I would not. Um, assault your ears by performing the Shredder song, but yeah, it's a, again a masterclass in horror and comedy being, you know, one and the same. Um, but yeah, three one two seven. It's it's just fantastic. Uh, it's body horror. It's psychological horror. And again, right, like the we just spoke about how it's like, oh, the anomaly initially is like, oh yeah, like it's fine. That's the way my body's always been. <laughs> and then this reveal comes at the end that nope, Jessica Lambert is still in there. She's still aware, and she's pissed, understandably so. It's a, it's a great one about the foundation mucking up as well. Yeah, and, and it's to and my favorite part about that is it's not entirely clear at first why this stuff is yes. happening until like second to last of the updates when you realize, oh, this is their fault because mm. the woman's abnormality was just the thing where she transferred her emotions that's all that should be happening um and it's because of the foundation's control and then you know weird stuff that they used to do with anomalies um 
I, I, the thing I like about this the most, as much as it is very effective um, psychological horror, and it, and it is kind of that existential horror, which is, I think, something that Wiki does especially well, um, is that this is what GW talked about when he was on on the podcast, which was the logical extension of an idea, you know? Like, I, mm -hmm. I, can, I don't know if this is how Tom Hanley came up with it, but I can imagine him thinking, okay, well, what if there's this woman, she has an anomaly, it's not, that's not important. What happens is this other thing happened. You know, she gives birth to a pig, she dies, the pig talks like her. And, you know, what if the idea was just that in the beginning? And then he just kind of was like, okay, but what if we, what if that happened again? And then, like, just kind of kept going with it. And the brilliance of it is each time, there's never a moment where, like you said, it really benefits from the clinical language. Because there's never a moment in any of these updates where where the writer is winking at the audience. Every time it's written just as, you know, clinically as the last time. And the ridiculousness is every time you kind of feel yourself before you open a collapsible, kind of holding your breath. Like, what happens yeah. now? Like how far are we going with this yeah look to, be, to begin with right jessica lambert is almost akin to your um i forget her name but the, the mtf agent that can touch stuff and feel it right like it's uh it's yeah she's awesome. like a psychic I yeah think. at most yeah 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 and then and then this horrible stuff happens and yeah i mean there's that double kind of aspect of of, of the psychological horror which is a this is all the foundation's fault and B, you know, she's aware of everything. At first, it seems like she isn't because, you know, they say, well, uh, she uh, is, you know, the piglet is capable of vocalizing using the voice of Jessica Lambert, who, who it claims to have no knowledge. Um, instead, the, the anomaly claims to be Duchess Isabella III, a British aristocrat from the year 1827. Um, you know, at first, you know, it's, it's like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And eventually it's, no, it's brilliantly clear that no, this has always been Jessica Lambert. She's going through these periods of transformation, and they sound horribly violent and, and painful, and and she's aware of all of it. Uh, yeah, it's so good, <laughs> but it's also so Love funny. It. I mean, the the second to last line is so funny. Uh, you know, before the addendum dash one, like it's it's. <laughs> What's the line? Um, so there's just a, so at, at this point, it's a giant facility sized pig, um, who screams with the voice of Jessica Lambert, despite his abnormal size, genetic testing has no differences between, you know, the original anomaly and a non-anomalous domestic pig. But analysis of the screen patterns has shown that the gaps between its vocalizations are consistent <laughs> and can be translated into Morse code. And then they translate a few of them. One, and, and one of them is like, we're, am I... Um, make it stop, and then the last one is boink, 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 <laughs> which is like, it's horrifying because it's like, oh, is she becoming the pig finally? Um, but it's also very funny. <laughs> just, just, yeah, it's fucking ludicrous. The whole article is it's so good. I feel like if there's people listening who, after hearing five minutes of us talking about this strange pig woman psychic, nineteenth century noble woman hybrid. Yeah, you've got to go. If you've not read this, go go yeah. give it a read. It's seriously, it's Tanhony is is incredible, and this is, in my opinion, one of his best. It's just phenomenal across all classes. Yeah, he's written so many, uh, and I've 
read a lot, but you know, there are plenty that I haven't read and I had not seen this one before. Um, and it's, I didn't even know it existed. And I'm just so glad you recommended it. It's just so great. Um, and ironically, we're going to switch tacks now, unless Harry, you have one last thing to say about this one. No, I'm good. Okay. I didn't want to cut you. Boink. Like, Boink. Um, so SCP-5994, which is by Uranium Empire, which much more recently, um, is also about pigs. Yeah, I was starting to think like, are you trolling us? Is this going to be for our <laughs> pigs? Which would have been amazing. There's that rounder house one with the big gigantic uh, god pig in the basement. Or oh whatever. yeah, uh, that one. That's you could have you, you could have just totally screwed with us and been like, we're going to do a war episode. Then you just pick four articles about. And it. then if that had been the case, I don't think I would have. I would have demanded that we not even acknowledge that it's weird that yes. we pick four pig. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think if he had done that, we would have we we would have had to have just picked pig articles as well. And yeah, everybody and no one acknowledged that it's just. Okay, why did all you... Oh! And then someone comes up to us and goes, Did you know that all of those articles were about pigs? And we'd be like, no. no. And it would have been like a clever play on the whole, like, we don't know our own titles thing. And, oh, that would have been... That, that's a much better version of this episode. I know. Oh, well. Oh, well. Right. Cancel the recording. Let's wrap it up and do it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eight articles only. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, all the way down. I wish... I wish we hadn't said all that on the podcast. Now we have, feel like we can't get away with that doing it in the future. Anyway, um, so SCP-994 is by Uranium Empire. Um, and again, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't write down any title this time. Um, this is uh, Pigs Not the... Yeah, can Top Pigs with Pigs, I think it is. <laughs> okay. Um... So, this is a surveillance room of the former Olney Ironworks Southeast Houston Manufacturing Center. Prior to, the, to an incident, um, it showed no anomalous properties. Surveillance equipment inside the anomaly plays a continuous 3-hour and 36-minute loop of events of this incident. Uh, the reason I'm not saying it all is because it's a big, long code word, and so I, don't, I don't need to read it every time. Anomalous event that took place on October 25th, 1997, between the hours of uh 2024 and midnight resulting in the decommissioning of the mill the this includes all systems installed following the incident allowing for perspectives impossible through the original hardware so that means that meaning that back in 97 they didn't have the kind of surveillance they do now but because of the anomaly they can use modern surveillance to then see this event from different angles that wouldn't have been possible uh, while playbacks remain largely consistent, divergences have been recorded and can be forced through the installation of conspicuous secondary components within existing equipment. Despite this, the full scope of the incident has yet to be prevented on record. Subjects depicted in the playbacks correspond to employees present at the time of event. Um, and then we get a rough summary of the events, which is, you know, this it's a manufacturing center where um, a bunch of pigs start coming out of this kiln. Um, and, and a bunch of other weird shit happens. It's really kind of not drawn out because it's not very long, but it kind of takes its time getting to the weirdness. And I wouldn't say it's immediately horrifying, um, but you just got to stick with it because it's kind of a slow burn. Uh, but my favorite thing is that at one point in the original recording, Mr. Sanchez phones his superior at 2110 minutes reporting another goddamn pig bloom. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a big, that's a big bloom. That's what happens. <laughs> which is the first? Wait. Which is your first fiac? Which is your first like wink at the audience, going like, uh, what? What do? You, so why is no one freaking out? Oh, because this has happened before. <laughs> uh, and then we kind of so weird. It's so really it's a mind fuck. Like, it's just a giant mind fuck. But like I can see exactly where it came from. Like unlike the previous one, where you're like, I don't know where this came from. I can see precisely. I can see the exact position this came from, and it makes no reference to its origin because this came from the phrase "pig iron," which is crude iron. It's like that's term, and it has no relevance to this at all, at all, not even a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know what? Someone, someone should probably contact the authors and make sure that they're aware of this. <laughs> Yeah, please, please. If ten percent of our listening uh, audience could could contact Uranium Empire and and say it's from us, uh, and say, oh, please, uh, did you know? Did you realize? <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't intend this, but you wrote a whole article about pig iron. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't, I don't want to ultimately give away what kind of the twist is at the end because I think this one it is. is it, it is a twisty kind of ending, but it turns into a thing where the researchers are trying to um, hunt down some of the people that survived that were there at the time of this event and then get their perspective um, and then see if maybe uh, they can be involved in the, the, the research of it. And it's uh, it's a really trippy article, uh, which is good, but it's not it doesn't ever lose you, which is really quite smart. It, it's it, it another one where the progression just kind of happens naturally. It, and if you pause to think about it, you might go, oh, oh, wait, what? What's happening now? What's that? For me, I think the best thing is the dialogue. There's some of the best written dialogue I've written. I've written. I've written. I wrote with <laughs> No, this article has to be blank. I'm taking this. I'm taking every author. It's mine now. There's some of the best dialogue I've read period in this it's very it's it's not even necessarily dialogue it's monologue they're talking to the guy who's in the room and he says what are y'all trying to pull here first it's in the garage now the kilns if management knows this this stuff's going on again it's our heads on the line you understand one pig's bad enough and y'all are out here trying to top pigs with pigs (laughs) um i would i there are plenty of people on the wiki that are good at writing lots of different things, but I feel like Uranium Empire is especially good at dialogue. Yep. Yeah. It's it's an interesting one as well in that it's it's a co-authorship, but I don't know to do the extent which. So it's Yui and also Pepper's Ghost. And I think uh. this came out of swap. So I mean, in terms of talent in an article's contributors, you're you're pretty you'd be pretty hard tough. You know, yeah, not kidding. Pretty tough to to beat that, but um. Yeah, I I, I chose one. Definitely don't have a pig phobia, but um, it's just it's just weird as anything, right? And it's just that there's there's this sense of palpable unease that just runs through every single element of this article. Like the, the even even the CSS, right? The theme is weird. SCP Foundation: A New Millennium in Security. Like it's not within, um, or at least I don't think it is within the um, lifted uh, masquerade broken veil no. um, yeah. canon. But there's definitely it's not a. Well, this is in the this is in the trailer. You know? Um, 
but yeah you know like the, the veil's kind of there it's kind of not right because of the way that they're kind of going about some of this stuff um the photo to begin with is just completely unsettling and and strange and if you click on the content warning it's content warning this article contains unreality <laughs> it's, it's so hard to discuss why this is so brilliant without spoilers but it's it, it's just oh my you know, and it's kind of link away it's kind of link to an article called detachment and unreality symptoms and causes of devialization which is a mental health art that is that is interesting <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I really like wait questioning your yes. own reality. I yeah. Feel. Oh, and it, it does it in a very subtle way because the ending twist is very. Um, I'm not even sure how to describe it. Like, and I don't want to give it away, but it's just so like, wait, when did that? And it makes sense, but it also doesn't make any sense. It's great. Um, yes. Yeah. This was yeah, a this was a this was a draft swap. So I think it's crit. I don't think it was co-author. Um, anyway, it, my favorite under no, the draft, draft swap is when you've got the draft hanging around and you haven't finished it and you pass it off to somebody else and they finish it. Oh, I see, like I see, I see, I see. Like a group group Sorry. project thing. Um, it, they, we used to, it used to be run as like an event on the site that hasn't happened in oh, a couple of years, I think. That almost sounds like, what is it, this exquisite corpse? It, it's a similar sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But where, where, is it, where is this... Oops, whacked my microphone again. Second mm -hmm. flying away from me. Uh, I'm just, I'm very angry right now. Uh, whereas with the exquisite corpse, you intentionally do it that oh, way. With yeah. the draft swap, it's you've got something that you've, you you can't figure out. And oh yeah, I'm looking else. at I'm looking at the uh, at the uh, author's note. So sorry to say to Pepper's ghost that almost none of your original vision remains. But I hope that the, the <laughs> fever, I hope that they kept the fever dream tone that you were going for. But my favorite thing so far in this article. Uh, and and it's so good. There's it's hard to pick up. It, is that uh, UE has put one of those spoiler collapsibles in their author's note, and then when you click it, yeah, all it says is there are some things you will never understand. That's nice. Oh, it's yeah. very good. Uh, I think that that speaks to one of my favorite things about the article, which is it. I and it, it it's so deliberately and meticulously crafted to enable this. I feel like I understand, like, in any given paragraph, maybe 80% of what's yes. going on. Yep. And it's, it's, I don't know whether that five or 20% I ever can understand. No, this is very clearly, and I don't know if this is how Yui did it, but it's something I try to do sometimes, where I will explain everything in detail and then cut out, like, 25 to 30% of the explanation so that it's just, wait, what's happening here? I, that's what I did with the Pinocchio thing. Uh, that's good. It, it, you know, because it's so it's so much harder to imp, to imply stuff is going on there uh, without ever having written it out. And then I find that if you write out a very extensive, like lore deep explanation of what's going on, and then you just selectively edit out the explanation, uh, it feels very naturally and organic. It just doesn't stop to explain itself to the reader, and it. I don't know if that's how you did it, but it feels like that's how it worked here. Yeah. You never want to show your monster. Yeah. No, not unless, you know, the whole point is that the monster isn't really the monster. Uh, yeah. Like another... Isn't... Didn't Pepper's Ghost do, also do the 
another murder monster? Yeah, yet another murder monster? Yeah. 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 That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is another big recommend. I I mean I always like Uranium Empire stuff. Um it's good article. It's really weird. Really, really weird. It's everything that's really good about UE, I find. It's very, very grounded and it's very trippy, and I'm not ever quite sure how they manage to to keep both those things going. And they've done it a few times in the trash fire, and I'm very impressed and I'm jealous. <laughs> Which I've said before, I think. All right. Um, this one, this next one we're going to talk about by Rat King is something I was talking about with Rat King for like a year before he came in, I feel like. Um, the Lonely Man, the Sad Man, right? I think it was the Sad Man. Yeah, I think um, he was calling it the Sad Man for a very long time. And it, <laughs> it like exceeded my expectations, even though I knew exactly what the article was going to be. I saw early uh, versions of it. It ended up becoming something so much more... Um, I don't even know what the right word is. This one's a really good emphasis on what I, we were discussing before, where it's horror can discuss things in society very well. Um, but this is SCB 6869, and I think it's Lay Sad Man, right? Is that the title? The Sad Man. Oh, it's just The Sad Man. Okay. Uh, and we're racking 666, who used to be Pasta Rasa. Um, and. Uh, Wrecking has got a long history of doing fucking brilliantly simplistic. Um, what, how did Harry, when we talked about um, the Parawatch one, Michael the Killer? Yeah, Michael the Killer. You, you mentioned, I can't remember how you phrased it, but you basically said that the most impressive thing is that Wrecking was able to make it read like a child wrote it. Or, yeah, I, or or maybe right. it was the part the the co-authorship with the fanzine polls, but either way, Eric's yeah, fanzine uh, or whatever. Oh, and Eric's fanzine, which is like the craziest fucking thing. Yeah, uh, it's the it's two two side by side things that he's able to do. Um, it's to write something that has that weirdly immature writer energy that's also actually not and also those weirdly crude drawings which are also not crude yeah um it, it always feels like someone who is less experienced and less confident in their art is doing these images and words um and then using that to yet again uh, kind of play with your expectations it's really quite smart so th I'm, I'm gonna read a little bit of this one but uh really it's it's more important that you read it and kind of like get what they're going for but um scp and this is just number sign number sign number sign number sign because someone has not replaced the actual numbers yet in this draft form we don't know of the number yet is what the fa the footnote says um is a really sad man it's stout blue colored has a bulbous nose and it only wears shoes one of the most notable features of the scp is that it doesn't even look like it's there it looks like a drawing in real life but it doesn't look like you'd be able to touch its icky, spongy, saltwater skin. But you can. <laughs> um, the footnotes are great in this because it's almost like a Serpent's Hand uh, GOI document or something else. Because it's all um, thoughts of the researcher who's writing this kind of explanation. And equally non-clinical. Um, because they'll say things like, shit happens, you know. <laughs> or, or one's enough, guys. Um, I'm pretty sure you'd be at risk of becoming an SCP-1 instance, and we'd rather not deal with that, because one's rather enough, guy. 
My favorite one is, it looks like a drawing in real life, and the footnote is, very hard to look at drawing. <laughs> <laughs> or is it really, uh, it only wears shoes. Dude's always butt naked. Period. It's weird. Period. <laughs> um, there's one time where they have three footnotes on the same sentence. Uh, I, I don't footnote number nine ninety one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what term we even use for this sort of thing, and I don't really want to look it up right now. Footnote nine. Yeah, me too. Footnote ten. <laughs> me too, but the numeral two. Footnote eleven. Me three. What the fuck? And, uh, and eventually, and it's never clear this is what's happening, but you kind of have to read between the lines. This anomaly makes everyone that's around it so remarkably anhedonic and, and depressed um, that they just can't even be bothered to, to, to write things in this very, any, in anything other than a simplistic way. So they're just trying to write down whatever they can about it. Um, and it makes everyone around and involved with the research kind of not half-assed, but just sort of like can't quite bring their, their their thinking up to snuff because they're just clearly upset by what they're seeing and feeling. Even to the point where like they, they send a, a D-class in to talk to them. And the D-class seems barely affected, but the researcher has sent them in with instructions written on a napkin. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. But... but but the horror of it is, I think that, you know, the existential horror. I, mean, I don't know. This show, what, do, what do you think about it? You picked this one. So wh what are your, th why did you think this was a good one for horror? Yeah. I thought this was, I thought this was a good one. And we've got one, one more of my picks to, to go on to, which I think this, this contrasts quite nicely with it. This isn't horror in, if you thought of a horror movie, right? This isn't a slasher. This isn't some Stephen King novel. It is. It is horrifying, and it's funny as well, right? Mm -hmm. It is. These footnotes are, 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 you know, you've just read them out. They're, they're hilarious. But it, when you move on to this interview log and the actual anomaly itself, which is, you know, it's it's four hash signs. If, if you're listening and you want to, to go and read this, the number is 6869. Um, the characterization of of the anomaly is so well done and just the the pain and the 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 anguish really really comes through through on this one for me um and you know it, it also in, in my mind is a very obvious analogy for for depression and for what you think the world is like when you're depressed right you think that no one mm -hmm. gives a hoot about you that you will infect people with your sadness and that it will you know like a virus just spread over everything which you touch and everything everyone that you interact with as it does in in this article and i think in in addition there's there's a a collapsible at the end which is a really big middle finger to anyone who came into the article looking for some kind of reasoning or understanding you know some kind of like you know in most articles you get to the final collapse and it's like oh it all makes sense now mm -hmm. like this is a complete like it doesn't make sense and i think there's a, there's a horrificness in that in terms of like the the analogy um no i think for me right the 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 the, the kicker the the crux of the horror in this comes in the you know 
towards the the end of the log, like you know, ninety percent through, where it's where he's in, where the D class is instructed to, you know, the D class is talking to the anomaly who is this blue spongy crying man who, you know, if I if I read some quotes right, it's like, um, where is da 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 do? I've I've lost it. Apologies. There's a quote I wanted to read, but I can't find it in my notes. Um. Yeah, right, like this, the D-Class interviews the SCP, the SCP is just despondent, crying, just in a dreadful, dreadful state of mind, and then the D-Class is asked to read the final question on the mm -hmm. napkin, and refuses to, and it's not revealed what the question is, I have, you know, what the question is very clear in my mind, I don't know if both of you, either of you, you know, gain the same same idea. Maybe we can discuss it, compare in a second. But yeah, right. It's it's just this. It, it's really. It's a, I find this to be a really powerful article, and it's short, and it, it's a, it's a multimedia experience as well as everything that Racking does. Yeah. Is. Um, and yeah, I just really like it. I think it's really. You know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about horror in general in terms of innovating and of doing a bit of a format screw with the, the complete dropping of clinical text mm. uh, and having the numbers, the hashtags, etc. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's there's boundless creativity and, um, you know, the strength of imagination really comes through in this piece for me. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um I, I think this kind of reminds me, you know, it brings up to mind the thing that we were talking about. You know, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, it just in leading up to doing this episode about like what horror is. Um, mm. And that, you know, there's kind of a really annoying kind of subsection of, you know, the horror fan community uh, or even creatives that are, want to gatekeep and say, well, that's not horror. This is horror. I think anything inspired or uh fluent in the, the 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 vocabulary of horror is horror you know even if it's just an atmosphere piece or even if it's just um kind of a psychological um thing that where where, where it's not immediately clear what the scary part is that doesn't make it less horror you know i, I i'm thinking of a movie that i i watched uh last year called same mod um oh fantastic movie I don't know if I thought it was fantastic, but it was memorable. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't know what I think about it, honestly. Um, I have a real problem with a lot of religious horror, honestly, uh, because I am it's it's not written for me by any means, and I don't find it scary or interesting most of the time. But the performances and the atmosphere in that film were very tense and very uncomfortable, and... I can see why someone might not think that that was a horror movie, but I thought it was, you know, it, it felt very, it felt very cognizant of horror movie tropes and cliches and attempted to use that vocabulary to tell a story about, you know, kind of, you know, mental illness and, 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 and kind of delusions, um, in a in a fairly grounded way, not in the way that we so frequently see in horror, where oh, you know, if you have mental illness, you're violent, um, mm. which yeah. is annoying trope, and I hate it. But um, this feels like that in lots of ways, where it is here's the horror is, and this is also very existentialist. It's just it's under the surface. It's not immediately clear that that's what this is. Um, 
my first thought real reading this is that it's thoroughly humorous. It's funny. It's, it's poking fun at something that we, I'm sure everyone that's been involved in the creation on this website at some point has felt like, which is the crushing weight of depression and thinking that you're worthless. And like you said, you know, you don't, I don't even want to, like I remember when I was really unemployed and just trying to find stuff, I lost track of a few people I knew from high school, or not high school, from law school, because, you know, I see shit on social media where it's like, oh, well, they, they've, they've got this job and everything else. And what did I do after law school? I'm waiting around unemployed. And I, you just don't even want to reach out. Yeah. I'm not even gonna say anything to them. And then now I'm having to reconnect with people. Um, and I, I, it's, it's very effective, this article. Um, but my favorite part, I don't think I want to give away what the final note is, but it's a great, it's not only a middle finger to anybody that wanted something serious. It's also like a really good commentary on the tropiness of that final note uh, cliche mm -hmm. that is such a thing on the, on the wiki. Um, but more importantly, I just, what is in that collapsible is probably my favorite part of the article. And I don't want to say anything about it. I just, I like staring at it. <laughs> the, the, com the commentary on tropes though is interesting because in, in the author, in the author post, Rat King says that, uh, it, it's this article stemmed from my personal dissatisfaction with a trend I was noticing of short form articles that attempted to tug on your heartstrings. Specifically, mm. one just display a sad scenario, practically spelling out to you, This is sad, cry now. <laughs> you know, I it's something I've complained about to Harry is this exact same thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with uh, young and inexperienced authors trying to write stuff that is emotionally um, challenging, and I think it's good. And it's a good exercise, but sometimes in the articles that Red King is talking about, and I'm not going to name, you know, it's just a trope that has happened. Uh, I do sometimes feel like, oh, these people haven't really lost anything. <laughs> like, mm. not always, and I'm not assuming every single person, but like sometimes you read these articles that feel very surface level sad, and it's like, okay, someone trying to imagine what it would be like mm -hmm. to be sad. Yeah, and and maybe that's my assumption and my projection, but it does sometimes feel like that so i really do i understand what wrecking is talking about here but yeah um I, and he did include a whole what's going on thing but i'm not gonna read that so what did you think that what did you think was on the napkin there uh yeah i don't know um i i think it was something along the lines of like why are you still here why are you <laughs> i think that's Yep. Yeah, that that seems fitting. Yep. Oh yeah, those are those are my thoughts on on SCP six eight six nine by Rat King. In fact, I mean we've talked about Rat King stuff a bunch on this podcast before. We are big fans, definitely, always. Hey there, fans of Simply Creative People. We're mostly unsponsored so far. So I figured I would take the time to mention that you can support the show on the show page at anchor.fm slash simplycreativepeople. Or if you're so inclined, you can check out Harry or my Ko-Fi pages at ko-fi.com slash harryblink or slash Gregory Carpin author. Things are crazy tough out there. So if you can't afford any financial support, and trust me, we understand, do us a favor and mention the podcast to someone who might enjoy it or spread the word online. If we want to bridge the gap between fans and creators, we've got to get the word out to new fans. 
In many ways, this show is designed to be appealing to new and old fans of SCP alike, as we can all enjoy some discussion about this thing we love, and we can all learn something new. Heaven knows I learn something new every week. Thanks so much, and we love you just for listening. Thanks for the support through all these first few months of the podcast. You're the best. Let's switch to an article I knew completely about and did not know that I knew about it, and I wonder if I heard it on a podcast or something. Um, and that's SCP-351... 35, 35, oh, Jesus. 3515 by... How do you... Soul. Soul? Soul. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, I'm not here, so they can't tell me otherwise. So I'm just running at it. Oh no, I just, I just think it's funny how often we find this problem. I don't think it's anything that anyone ever realized would be an issue, because it was just people on the internet that never spoke to each other. And now I feel like now that we're always like voice chats or on podcasts, we're just constantly running into. How do we say this name? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and this is. You know, a fairly famous article, um, but it's one I forgot even existed. So, uh, you know, it's definitely worth talking about. Uh, it's it's a forty centimeter by sixty centimeter charcoal drawing of a of a, a kind of an old tree that's on a barren hill uh, over a barren landscape, um, and it actually includes the art. And I I don't know if they did the art or if they found it online, but it's pretty evocative. Um, and Basically, if you if you're in close proximity to this drawing, you will start hearing hallucinations of digging. Um, and then, if you happen to enter slow wave sleep, uh, which is the stage three of non REM sleep, and we're so specific in SCP symptoms, while in proximity to the anomaly, the individual will just dematerialize, so just gone from that room. Um, and so they try to do that with a D class, and most of the article is not that this painting exists. That's, you know, a couple hundred words. And then most of the article is an extended log about a researcher talking to a D-class who has been transported into what is effectively a recreation of their childhood home. Um, but that they can tell uh, through, I don't know if they can track the signal or whatever, is beneath their actual home. Because the actual home is actually is still there. Um, and, and because the D class eventually finds that their doors and windows are completely covered in, in dirt. If they start digging out, they are under, they were literally underground. And it's, um, it's kind of, it's kind of bleak. Well, it's not kind of bleak. It's, but that's, that's what it's going for throughout. And, and the worst part about it is that it's not, I don't think it's cheap in a way that it goes for bleakness. Like, some SCPs are cheap. This is not... Yeah. This is really trying to make you believe that these are two real people, two people that, because of their connection and their conversation over this, care about each other. Um, not in a romantic or... Just the fact that they give a shit each other's existence. Um, and then uh, watching kind of a slow... It's essentially a slow-motion train wreck, right? That's how I describe it. So, you know, they... Basically, it's about the D-Class trying to dig their way out. Um, but uh, this drawing, I'm, I'm interested to hear. You you said something about this having a pretty strong influence. Yeah, in I don't I don't know the the accuracy of this statement, but in my mind, this is to me seems almost 
it almost seems like the template for modern horror on the wiki. I think about series one, series two, a little bit of three, and the D-class isn't human, right? The D-class is something that shows up and, it, you know, they do a few tests, something awful happens to them. Yep. You know, whereas in this article, the D-class is very much the surrogate as opposed to the doctor. Um, and also, like, you know, you look back at series one articles in particular, there's often not a surrogate for the audience at all. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it's, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's why I love it, in which it's, it's a very human article. It does the dialogue fantastically. Right? There's a conversation between the researcher and the D-class about what meal the D-class will have when he gets rescued and when he gets out, and whether it's going to be pizza or a burger and, and what type. And it's, it, it's kind of like the, a very everyday interaction which could come across potentially, you know, a, more obtuse in the hands of less skilled authors. Right. Um, I think it's also, it's a super simple premise um, we've spoken so far about um, a woman transforming into a 19th century pig lady hybrid and then you can't top pigs with pigs being somewhere, you know, you don't quite know what's going on and it's all a bit trippy. 3515 is about being buried alive. It's about a super um, accessible fear which has been done over and over again but it's done to the perfection here. Um, along with everything we've talked to talked about so far the image is just phenomenal it sets the tone right from the get-go um and yeah it also it's very good i think at doing what a lot of good horrors do which is it it tells you right from the beginning how the article is going to end and there's clues and you can put them all together but it's it simultaneously is very good at putting this lovely gleaming beacon of hope this light at the end of the tunnel on a fishing rod and dangling it in front of the audience and keeping it there right up until the last moment and yanking it away in the most excruciatingly painful form um, yeah it handles that so well yes and yeah oink I think it's great I think it, it, <laughs> it is it is three votes away from 500, and it is, that is a, a mark. Yeah, I've noticed, Pat. It definitely deserves. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, go fucking upvote it already, Jesus. Yeah, this is one of uh, a few that um, does not... It's weird, because it's very well-rated, but, like, it doesn't... I don't feel like it gets talked about that much. Yeah, I could probably do with some higher rating and more conversation it's it's yeah. it is a really great example of what it is <laughs> the bleak scenario that uh just keeps getting bleaker but the human element keeps it interesting although this was supposed to be uh <laughs> this john just said in the chat i've been trying not to swear why yeah <laughs> I did. I did hear you earlier say, "I uh, don't give a toot," and I just was like, "Or don't give a hoot." Either way, and it's just so that's great. Um, you just keep going. I want us to both swear, and then you just one to yeah. British. Don't don't swear ever. It's great. <laughs> yes, uh, the British are known for never being foul mouthed. I know that's that's good. Oh dear. Mister Harold, thank. I can't believe your mouth there. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I think that this one is like a really effective, you know, it's funny because I was saying when I was first suggesting that we talk about this, I wanted to be like, okay, but let's keep everything like relatively under red. Uh, and this is the only one I feel like that was like way over. Well, no, that's not true. There's a couple other ones, but anyway. Well, I think I think I think in the interest of time, we'll probably skip the first one that I picked because everybody knows that one. Um, so I think oh, we'll I make this. Right. Well, well, uh, well. I think I think we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, but I mean, also one of the the first one that we talked about, three one two seven, is is over three hundred. I think. But like you know, whatever. Um, most of the articles are in series six and seven, so I think we've done yeah, all right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Um, and now for something that this round was specifically like, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Uh, no, I mean, if you'd actually, no, said, I, if you'd said, I don't want to talk about it. The master of horror, Disadron. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I kind of want to, so the first one that I picked was SCP-6733, which is uh knife screen. Tell me the whole title. Knife screen cut to black. Two. two. That's right. <laughs> um, the second. The second. That's right. Um, and this amazing image that you have, which is the cover to the VHS, uh, but an illustrated one. Uh, and did you do this image, or is this? Did someone else do it for you? I would have loved to have done this image. So I, I did the image for five seven for three three. And then when I started drafting 6733, I had this really strong image, right, of, of the slashers standing in a doorway. And I really wanted to have, you know, this this right from the get-go, this idea of, of passing from one space into another. And because of it, it thematically it comes up later in the, in the story, right? Um, tried to make it myself and it looked absolutely dreadful so the image is made by an incredibly talented artist called Valdivia oh yeah uh, and yeah it looks great better than anything I could have made myself um, yes Valdivia yeah. stuff's always great I actually can kind of see how this one was made though most of the time with Valdivia stuff I'm like not good <laughs> enough I'm not good enough I don't know how he did it it's amazing um, no, but this is great he's incredibly proud of it. if you're looking at the photo at the moment yep there is a screaming girl on the phone <laughs> and the original photo for that was her screaming into a mobile so he's had to photoshop <laughs> right. a old analog phone into that, that. that. that is a very good that's fun um i like the my, guy on the right who looks like he's rocking out to a butt rock song I, yeah he probably is honestly let's be fair um i love that the suburb slasher strikes again but they're at the bottom like so many horror movie vhs's they have like a tagline and this one is terror period once more period knocks on your door <laughs> i'm done that it's just <laughs> the periods make me laugh so hard um yeah this image is amazing but the whole article is great um nothing think... scarier than rhyme <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was very proud of myself when I came up with that tagline. Also, yeah, okay. Yes, we Crystal Elms this production. Uh, 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 for people that maybe don't know, uh, that, that's a fairly, you know, good pun or play on words for two famous slasher build. Yes. Wait, it is? I had I was saying that for the listeners, not for you. This is drunk. No. Did you, you called this Crystal Elms. Did you know that? 
<laughs> that would be amazing. This is my new favorite running joke. I'm never going to let it go. <laughs> um, you know that if you won with the loser. <laughs> did you know that um, Canada's uh, national anthem is uh, is on guard for thee, and yours is on guard forty three? That's crazy. That's just that's just an insane coincidence. <laughs> that's exactly how you say it too. Grigori, this one's going to blow your mind. Uh -huh. VKTM, the Cantonese Technical Media. Uh huh. Uh huh. It stands for victim. <gasps> if you put, the, oh my, I know. What? Insane. Uh, honestly, that works because it's a K instead of a C. It doesn't do it for me. Okay, well, get out. <laughs> um, the amount of times I had, I still, it, I, it, it used to be weekly that someone would ask me, "Did I realize that it's?" <laughs> Or, or they'll say, oh my God, I didn't even think about that, which is much more understandable. And I don't have, and I don't have a problem with any of it, but it is funny to me because it, like, it was the most obvious thing in the world to me. That's why I picked those letters. <laughs> People like to feel like they've discovered something. I guess we shouldn't make fun of them for it. But oh no. We need to do so anyway. It's, I, I'm, and this is good natured. I never am annoyed by anyone who asks. Oh, I, was, I was doing it evilly. I was hoping they'd feel bad. Well, yeah, you're a bad person. Ooh. That's right. Um, but speaking of things that, that you must have realized when you did it, this, this and the original 5733, um, both are wonderfully meta and, you know, I know a lot of people oh, yeah. cringe when they hear meta when it comes to connected to SCP because it's either said too much or whatever. I don't know, but this is not, you know, I don't even, this is so unpredictable as opposed to most meta things, I feel like. Um, there's, there's... It's defeating the, him. He's, he's been completely defeated. Yeah, him. I don't know how to say it without giving away how it kind of pierces the, you know, like you said, you wanted the image in the beginning of the slasher to be, you know, silhouetted, silhouetted in, in a doorway, kind of like transitioning between, you know, and it's very much, that's very on the nose for this story. And it makes a lot of sense. But I also don't want to give. I mean, let's not be totally silly here. It's it's about a VHS movie, a horror movie about a slasher. That's anomalous. What do you think happens? <laughs> I mean, I mean the fact that there is. Oh no, that's no not what I'm talking about. That's not. Is not. Is not a shock. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I was worried about giving away. More the ending, right? Is what I. Was yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, we don't want to give away. No, we definitely don't want to give away the ending. The ending to this is phenomenally good. Yeah. Well, I just mean, and by saying meta, and the I, and the pointing out, oh, yeah, yeah. and the slasher is, you know, transitioning. You know, it is very, you know, a good allegory for what happens in this story. Um, and I really, I just, just like the five seven three three, I think the thing that works the best with this is that it seems like at first, like if you were to tell me you were going to write a story, not you person, but if some random person was to say, I want to write a story about, you know, slasher movies on the SCP where the slasher actually kills people. I think I would have been like, nah, <laughs> that, I don't know. That seems kind of on the nose. And you manage it both times. And what that's crazy to me, because you did it, you came back for more um, in a different way because both times it's not at all what I expected it. And so I kind of wanted to ask Distron, like where... Where, I'm God, annoying. But like, where did this one come from for you? Either one, honestly. The the idea for five seven three three the the original one came 
came in, in in it was it was Halloween and we were watching I was watching you know, I did a movie mouth and with some friends and she just was just lying in bed afterwards and, and had this idea of what if what if you could talk to the horror protagonist almost <laughs> in kind of like a, a video game ARG way and and try and, and help them help them to escape. And the very next day I, I sat down and I wrote five seven three three in, in in one sitting over the course of I think it was six hours or so. Um, wow. The the idea for yeah, and then the the kind of the I can't remember where the twist on five seven three three came from, but it just it was a light bulb moment where I just went like ah, this would be a good ending. <laughs> um, six six seven three three. I must give give credit where where credit is due. Um, that came from that came from an idea. I think it, it was either. It was either, hold on, I've got it in my author post. Someone made a comment. Um, uh, no, I didn't put it in the author post. I should edit that and include it. It was either, I think, Pepper's Ghost or The Great Hippo put a comment on 5733 and said, like, oh, you know, I that they weren't a big fan of, that they liked it overall, but that they weren't a big fan of the ending in terms of, like, the the blackness and, and and the nothingness around the town um and that they'd preferred it if like you know she got into a police station but then it was all prop guns and that was it that that was then that was the the core idea i've probably just spoiled a certain degree of 6733 with that after you do try to elaborate on it um but um yeah that that was that was the the core of the idea right and it was as well it's a horror film right you've got to do you've got to do sequels to it um yes and yeah it, and then kind of you know had and uh, tried to have a bit of fun with you know in 5733 you never see the kill with 6733 the idea of this superhuman um anomalous uh serial slasher killer rampaging through a, a foundation site and you know thinking about like you know the 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 gory kills that you could do and stuff that was a, a lot of fun you definitely um, showed all that you like you left that all on the table there that was really good and, Very and yeah, the, the the ending you know without without spoiling it too much i you know you know in a in a in a, in a, in a, a sense of a little bit of a, a compassion it, it wasn't written to be an influence of, of to be influenced by this but there's a slight comparison to 5994 the can't talk pigs with pigs oink sure we talked about earlier sure. on, right in terms of that kind yeah. of weird uncanny vibe um that i was going for um well something i think that works for both articles really well is that the events that are being portrayed in the logs are horrifying and surreal um maybe a little less obviously horrifying in 5994 but but still they're unsettling and um and both articles, and I, you know, I'm not saying, like you said, it probably wasn't even intentional, but like both articles do a really great job of using the horrifying and the unsettling to um, camouflage what you're really doing, which is really quite brilliant because the the funny thing is, is that I'm so tense and like um, 
you know, the uncomfortable laughter because, you know, when Jason puts his machete through someone, the top of someone's head or something, you know, I'm not actually scared. I'm, I'm, I'm usually laughing, you know, um, and it's the same thing in these kinds of articles too. And it's what I'm usually going for in some of the weirder victim ones. Um, and the, the great part is that there's this wonderful kind of left turn, uh, here that, and, and there is in the, in five, seven, three, three as well, but I feel like this one is even less predictable because you have you're going through all these motions of like oh it's the it's it's like a horror movie sequel you know friday the 13th 2 is much more violent than friday the 13th 1 and etc etc um and you you kind of use that as like like i said camouflage to make you kind of think oh it's this kind of story but actually we're gonna hard left turn and it's actually a completely different story than you're expecting at all which was really impressive yeah, I think you make a really interesting point there in terms of, you know, when Jason brings his machete down, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're more scared, right, when he's raising it up than when it yes, actually makes absolutely. Contact. Right. And that good point. The apprehension and that 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 the anticipation of the event is often worse than the event itself. Yeah, I think um, what's interesting about most of the violence in horror movies until recently, I feel like some movies now have a healthier respect for violence. And they make the violence very uncomfortable because we are not, because I think that there's actually some negativity to how comfortable we are with violence and horror and in all movies, especially, um, but a lot of horror movies have used the kill as catharsis for the tension that has already been brewing, you know, like you are sitting there and you are, uh, you get a release when the ridiculously violent blood spraying everywhere but it's none of this looks real even if it does look real it's kind of bizarre and you know evil dead did it fantastic very famously with you know the blood pouring out of the walls in in like a fire hose instead of like in the spooky way it's just goofy um yeah and then i think more recently there have been movies like midsummer and um possessor that do violence in a very, very, very realistic way, which is very upsetting. <laughs> I, I I don't mind watching someone's head get cut off by a machete because that's ridiculous. Like, and it, it, by Jason, um, because it's so over the top. But if a movie was to try and realistically depict what a stabbing looks like, that's very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a whole other world. Like watching Possessor was like, I, I don't, I'm, I feel very, inc- I thought I was, pretty inured to violence and horror but i'm very uncomfortable i um i've not seen possessed it's good so it's very good it's my list along with cat people and jaws which i've seen some of but i i tactically did not admit earlier as you were you were both singing uh, <laughs> it crazy but i haven't yet seen it from start to finish Please. i mean like i said i had i hadn't seen it until i was like 36 so don't worry about it that's fine um i've, I've still not found it uh, um, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's, you know, that midsummer, the, there's a, you know, the scene, yep. I'm thinking of the scene and I know you're thinking yep. of the same one just instinctively because of how awful it is. I, um, afterwards, t- my girlfriend is also a huge horror fan and we are both fair. Like I said, we're all, I think we're all a little, uh, you know, cynical about violence and horror movies. And like, after that movie, we both like, just like naturally went to the, ne- the bar next door. And like just sat down at the bar and had a drink, and like we're like talking about how upsetting that scene and how good the whole movie was, but how upsetting that movie is. 
we were just talking about today, which was three years later. Uh, we were talking about how I still think about that scene and how upsetting it is. Mid Midsummer is a film I need to rewatch. I similar to you, I, I I saw it with my boyfriend, but my boyfriend is he hates horror. Oh no, he 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 is he is all about happy, you know, happy clappy feel good films, oh, you know, no. etc. And and I I I I can't remember exactly why he came with me. But I ended up spending the whole of the movie like looking over to him and being like, "We can leave if you want. We can, you know, we don't have to stay." And then particularly in that scene, like being like, "You sure you're all right? You want to stay in it?" Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is masterful. Um, but kind of like bringing it, bringing it back to six, seven, three, three. There's a, there's a kill, um, which is like the the slasher throws uh, one of the security agents that come out of it, who are all as as well actually all the security agents are named um after characters or actors in the wreck film that i mentioned earlier on oh nice. um to the point where it the team is called the security reconnaissance team oh yeah wreck. i don't so call it just i was um, wondering about that that's so brilliant <laughs> um but you know they go into like the foundation cryogenic lab laboratory and one of them gets like frozen in in you know um liquid nitrogen and then thrown against another and their frozen body explodes and that's like very you know that's a direct reference to jason x yeah <laughs> this sci-fi friday the 13th where you know there's all the the, the 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 kill which is similar to that right and that's that's campy you know almost to the point of we're coming back to the humor point you know it, it's it's almost it's enjoyable but almost in a silly sense and it's such it's so on the other end of the spectrum to to midsummer uh, uh, you know some of the the modern violence which you see yeah and it, it, i like that same and that's why i brought it up was i feel like this article does is in, in, informed by that same sort of stuff as opposed to you know this is still very much in the same um genre of violence that we have seen for years that is like kind of ludicrous and kind of hilarious but also upsetting you know i you know that's not yeah, yeah. but like but now when we see you know michael myers or whoever with a kitchen knife it's like you said it the tension and the fear is from like the person sneaking where is he but the minute he's there and he's stabbing someone well it's not, i don't that's i don't care like i that's funny or whatever um, you know, a, a line like a stream of blood spurts from Rosso's scalp and then abruptly his skull is crushed. That's, the scenes like that in, in horror movies are not the creepy part. I know there are lots of people that think, oh my God, that's horrible. It's like, no, I don't care about that. That's not real. Um, the tension of wondering if someone's in that closet or in the darkness or wondering where that person will jump out from, that's, that's real. That's relatable. Um, and I think that the funny thing about this is that this is informed by that sort of same slasher movie stuff, just like five, seven, three, three years. But when it, you know, and I'm trying to, again, avoid what the left turn is, but when it takes that left turn, you're so unprepared because I'm reading this, you know, and I wonder what people that don't like horror movies thought about it, mm. but I'm reading this from the perspective of somebody who has watched, you know, endless hours of horror films. Uh, and so when it takes the left turn, I'm very taken aback it's 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 like whoa wait what like and i literally the first time i read it, i had to go back 
and read. Okay, what did I miss? Oh, nothing. Yeah, and that, <laughs> or I, oh, that was... Yeah, yeah, I mean, let me rephrase. What I didn't miss anything, meaning I didn't read something too quickly. It, the article just made that left turn, and then... But go ahead. That was definitely part of the challenge of writing it. I'm sure you'd be preparing for the left turn without <laughs> it steaming. Um, Putting your left um, turn people on. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but also, also the 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 opposite of that, in which it, it just wasn't foreshadowed or mentioned at all. Um, you know, in terms of keeping that the the logic of the article stable, for want of a better word, and wanting it so that if you know what happens at the end, you go back and you read it, and you're like, oh, this is why that, and this is why that, and that's what you know the the um, breaks between the the divs represent, um, and then stuff like that. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an, I'm very happy I managed to write a, a sequel to it that was well received. There is, I'm hoping to get a, another tale out <laughs> next week. Oh, uh, nice. and then there might be a prequel next year, maybe. <laughs> That's excellent. That's good news. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, it works out really well. I, I, I like the fact that you are so obviously fluent in like horror movie you know both the the bullshit and and the kind of love of it at the same time it's very it's very apparent i love that oh, it's a, yeah it's a fantastic article yeah thank yeah. you yeah five yeah the, the slasher is my baby and i full-on made peace with the fact that i will never write anything as good as 5733 again and that that is, it almost takes the pressure off in some way. And yeah, that I, I, I can do whatever for now. Well, I think making peace with that is how you then prove yourself wrong. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, Once you I, relax, you'll write something that's. And, and as far as I'm concerned, you've never written anything bad. Everything you've written is awesome. So, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Likewise, uh, to both. I got in a play fight, not a real fight, with Dune, saying that you were underrated. Uh, uh, because he's got plenty of popular stuff. Oh, yes, he does. That's not the point. <laughs> I think your stuff should be higher rated. Um, should be more popular. That's right. Um, it should. But let's, it will be. Let's, 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 yeah, I hope that this one, you know, I hope the readers or the listeners go and check this one out because the first one is over 400 and this one is at 161. And it is, honestly, I think the second one's even better than the first one, personally. Yep. And, you know, it couldn't exist without 5733, but. Uh, I really, really enjoy this one. But we're going to shift gears here and talk about something by Supposedly Spooky, which is... <clears throat> and that's the name of the author. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I realize I need to clarify. Uh, SCP-5739, um, which is a really interesting article because it seems like, at first, this is an mo- article about a monster. And it kind of is, but it really isn't. So, scp 5739 is a 1.5 meter tall biological entity composed entirely of human skin. Uh, which immediately you should I I was like, ugh. <laughs> um, despite its composition, SCP-5739 maintained a rigid structure resembling a, a, a basically an elephant's skull. Uh, prior to its new neutralization, it hovered approximately two meters above any surface at, at, at all times. So it never touched the ground, it was just kind of hovering there. Um, they, and it would shoot out these little uh, miniature sub-instances of itself that were little detached portions um, 
that kind of rem it, it says it's similar to exfoliative dermatitis, which is a kind of skin disease. Um, but the pieces of this skin with, um, seem to have English phrases, not seem to have, they have English phrases etched into them by what seems to be human fingernails. Uh, the article, the anomaly was discovered, uh, because a woman was found dead in her home and all the skin from her body was gone and the anomaly was levitating over the corpse. The woman's brother seemed really anxious when, uh, this happens. He kept turning to look into empty hallways and being startled by mild contact with objects. Uh, and so eventually they interview him and then anesthetize him and they move on and they go into containment and they bring this thing into containment and then they start recording what its weird messages say. And I'm just going to read like the first example of it, which because it's just all kind of ludicrous. Restlessly lend, unknown blend, newly distend, absently mend, wend around the bend, ascend, you cannot pretend. Elephant friend, my dearest friend, I do not tend. In, like you intend, your end. And if you first read that, my first inclination was, what? Like, that's, that's not even rhyming. That's just the same word. <laughs> my first inclination was matched by somebody in the comments who, in their positive comment, when they finally got what was going on, yeah. mentioned that their first reaction was, this is terrible poetry, which was my first reaction right. as well. And, and it... And if that's what the intention was, then yeah, it, it would be terrible poetry. Um, and I think that's in, very much intentional. Um, but what's going on, uh, it starts continuing to detach more and more of itself with more messages. Um, and it all kind of reads the same. And I'm not going to read them all because, hey, it sounds terrible. Having read it through it all, it just sounds like you're saying the same word over and over again. Um, but uh, actually... Um, there's kind of a secret to these things and uh you know i don't know if we should give it away or not i don't even think you need to because the article's like a thousand words long yeah i just wonder well you know what i think people should go read it and then um if you're having trouble first of all i'm telling you that there's something behind these messages and if you aren't quite clear on it go and look at the author's note because the author's note does have a, a collapsible spoiler um, and then all the things where if someone tells you there's a secret message, I believe the yeah. first method you employ should result in discovering the secret message. And if it's not, your brain is considerably different from mine. Well, mine wouldn't have been because I would have thought that's too obvious. No. Do you know what I mean? And then I would have tricked myself. I would trick myself into not even considering it. And then when I finally realized that was it, I would feel stupid. The lawyer, <laughs> the lawyer brain. That's right looking for an angle um but anyway um the horror of it is not immediately apparent and it's a very short article but the thing that i like the most about it is how this feels very much like like an old folk tale in some ways there's this thing that happens because of someone's death in a terrible way a lot of the way that ghost stories work um but also especially japanese ghost stories about the cursed dead and stuff um but it's it's the the initial image is really pretty unsettling because it's this unfocused image of very the anomaly uh and it, yeah it's very believable <laughs> and, and they made it they made it themselves yes spooky. So yes all of their own work it's fantastic uh yeah supposedly spooky also did an image for me uh for uh articles that uh, oh yeah five five one two um they're very talented 
they're another person who did excellent dialogue um but beyond that uh their their image their i don't know if they use blender or something else but they do these really otherworldly um photo editing images that uh are very very believable because they're just slightly out of focus and uh kind of blurry but then also it just it 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 it, per- it fits perfectly with scp and the creepypasta nature of it but yeah i don't i don't know i mean i don't know what you guys think about this one i i'm i'm hesitant to say much more about it yeah i think this this there's usually one we tell people to go read this yeah. one it's a pretty easy sell on that it's not long and there's a secret so you can feel smart when you read it but of course that's right and the horror is very like uh like other ones we've talked about it's very existential there's no monsters it's not a threat of like danger it's more just the sinking feeling that you get yeah Yeah. and there's a fairly series one presentation which lots of people enjoy so there's that as well yeah yeah uh spooky picture plain text i think the poems are good in the sense that they're quite brusque in their structure and it really sets the atmosphere um but what i quite enjoy about this one is that you you've got you've got the the puzzle to solve but then there's also a storyline i feel which is which is not said and it's it's difficult i don't want to give away spoilers mm-hmm. right but the it doesn't explicitly state yeah what happened and i think a lesser uh, you know a, a, an author an, an author earlier in their kind of development of their skills would have kind of made the explicit made the implicit explicit to the article's detriment so yeah i think it's yeah, yeah sure. really really skilled i feel like this was pretty early and supposedly spooky's authorship I, I, don't, I don't know how many articles they had done before this but yeah uh their talent here is pretty apparent because i feel like there's always kind of something between the line uh with and most of the time in other articles i've read by them uh it's dialogue and this one isn't dialogue but the there's there's a strong implication of what went on here that is also not obvious yeah you're right it is it is it really takes you reading between the lines and especially once you kind of see what the secret is and then realize what does that mean like what you get from the secret also gives you a a way to look back at the article you just read and go oh that's fucked up yeah and it's not i didn't get it um you know i got the the first i got the puzzle mm-hmm. on first read but it wasn't until coming back and revisiting this for the podcast that i kind of tweak the second bit mm-hmm. and so yeah it's a, it's a very layered article it's subtle it, yeah it's funny because it doesn't seem subtle at all it seems very in your face yeah um, it's it's messages written on skin you know it, it, it's it's like oh wow this is very intense like in your face like creepiness and like the 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 oh the poetry's bad and it's like well you know sit with it for a second <laughs> and think about it. it and it's like Okay, there's a lot going on here. It's pretty brilliant. I might write a J version of this, where the messages are just milk, newspaper. That would be so very funny. It's up to school. It would be good. That's good. We can't. We can't. I'd almost suggest we do that right now on the podcast, except that gets you a disciplinary record if you uh, write an article on a podcast. So what? <laughs> 
way. It's an inside joke. I'm not explaining it if you don't know it. Well, that's very helpful to all the listeners. Good job. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, SCP-5810 by Lieutenant Flops, uh, who we have talked about plenty of times before because big fan. Um, but this one is pretty underrated, I feel like. This one's, yeah, 121. Um, this is a format screw, um, and it's not one that is immediately hard to read like so many format screws. No offense to people that like format screws. No, this format screw makes it easier to read. Yeah, it's all about, um, it's, it's, it's a narrated story where, where the article itself, the SCP, is only brought up in these little text boxes and then we are seeing another nature of the narrative reality where we're seeing a description of the person who the researcher who's then writing the report um in between the little boxes and so we get things like you're still in your chair wincing you release your fingernails from your palm am i alone the light at the age terminal grows needles piercing um it's very fluid and very evocative uh and then it'll you know, the, uh, a box will pop up and it'll say item number, colon. And then you actually see a blinking cursor, which is a wonderful effect and really does do a good job of telling us, oh, this person is in the process of writing it. Yeah. Uh, which is really subtle. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I can't think of a, a more efficient way of telling somebody that this person is writing it, you know, without actually saying it. Um, and the article, it's or the SCP itself is an anomalous... Uh, it's a type two amorphous entity <laughs> um, that's currently occupying a research area. But the problem is all the known information is circumstantial, anecdotal. There's no real description. Um, it's, it is described as an opportunistic predator observing, stalking, prospective prey between sunset and sunrise for a period of three to four weeks. Um, and oftentimes the prey of this uh, anomaly starts developing pretty significant paranoia and anxiety um and the problem is is that the art the anomaly preys on awareness of its existence so as you grow in understanding of the anomaly existence you will suffer from more and more increased uh symptomology um it's it's pretty i don't think anything about the anomaly itself is that Landmark, this is all execution. The way that this works so well is that we keep pausing in between little snippets of objective clinical writing to then get second person discussions of the emotional state and 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 feelings and, and physical sensation of the person who's writing it. And it's very, very effective. And then we've got these images, which are... I don't even know how to describe how effective these images are. The images actually show nothing, I'm pretty sure. Um, but they're both so effective at making you stop and zoom in and <laughs> see if you can't... At least I... The first time I popped this article open, I was, like, staring into it. I'm like, is there something here or not? <laughs> exactly the same. And I think that the use of the articles to... The use of the images to reinforce the tone set within within the, the, the text, but, but also to encapsulate every the emotions and everything that's being talked about and to so effectively put you into the narrator's shoes. 
and mm-hmm. to give you right as you said you open the images and you're looking and you're checking out this dark corner and then you're looking above the house and into the tree lines and you're feeling that that sense of paranoia and self-doubt and uncertainty which has just been described as what the narrator is feeling it's it, it's it's a great article i feel like i am i am being incredibly positive about everything well Everybody good because that's the point of this uh, podcast <laughs> but uh yeah I, I i need to get some new compliments and some new vocabulary but yeah it, it, i think this is one of the oh you're doing way better than me or harry don't don't worry you're you're great <laughs> um yeah the the thing that i really like about these images and i I think this article would work without the images, but I think it would be less elevated. The images really kind of bring it up a notch because both of them are images of, uh, obviously this, the thing only hunts between sunset and sunrise. So it's dark. Um, they're both like of alleyways or spaces behind buildings. Um, and they're lit, but they're not well lit. So they're both very clear, but there's also wonderful pools of shadow. Um, and you can kind of see things off in the distance because of faraway lighting, but you also, things in the foreground and off to the side are, are fairly, in, you know, drenched in shadow as well. So they, I think they were very specifically picked. Um, and I really like the setup for this because we're watching someone from outside themselves, write an article. We see the image in the, in a similar UI to which it would be uploaded to a, a website like like you know or a database um where they select the file on the computer describe the file for others taken behind research building on-site residency is left of frame scp5810 watches in the distance and then in gray because there's negative 19 characters left so this means that it's gonna have to be deleted uh don't look for it period and i think that is so fucking effective and I think there's almost, bringing it back to, to something we spoke about earlier, a jump scare in when you click on the examine evidence, mm. I fully expect it to be a collapsible. And it's not, it, it takes you into the new tab and it's that visual sudden switch I, I find very effective as well. Yeah, this is especially why I feel like um, I have spent not literally hours, but I feel like the first time I read this and then the second time and then this most recent time, I have looked at these images for like much longer than I actually read the article. Like I just sat there and kind of looked and is, is, is that, is that something <laughs> there? You know, and there maybe is, but, um, it doesn't matter. I, I don't even want to know. I, I, I hope that flops and I know flops listens. I hope the flops never tells me whether or not there is or isn't something in these images because it's so much more effective because I don't know and I, I suspect that there might be. Um, and I know We're just good. enough about I know never just enough about photo editing to know that there could you know that I, that I could have something that's fairly you know innocuous but but creepy in the background and, and make it less obvious. Um, sorry, I cut you off what were you gonna say? That's okay. I was just gonna say we're gonna finish recording this uh, this podcast and you're gonna go straight back to the article to continue looking. <laughs> no, I'm not because I have plans, but I would not be surprised. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think a lot of flops stuff that I really like is not 
like this. It's 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 a little more um, fantastical and funny and kind of thought provoking. And like we were talking about earlier, um, I feel like the imaginative and, and the humorous is just like the other side of of horror. Like you can, it's why so often comedic actors can be so convincing as villains. I think. Is Harry still around? Yes. Hello. Harry, does Hello. leave? I'm here. Shut up. Let's leave us, Harry. Just, just enjoying your banter. You guys are doing real well. This is a weirdly interesting topic. I feel like I've never been able to wax quite as intellectual. Uh, as much as I like GOIs and SCPs, I feel like specifically talking about the, the strengths of horror and then examining articles for how they execute on them is... It really like creating a lot of conversation, and it's something we. I, I think there was a there, there was a conversation. I think Harry, you and I were involved in a few weeks back about how how the the, the quality of writing on the wiki compares to to other kind of fan writing sites, and how how the wiki is, you know, for for what is essentially an amateur. You know, an amateur writing site so the the, the the creativity and the skills and the sheer talent of the people that are in this community never ever ceases to astound me and the fact that we have from 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 the from the it's nascent days right as as kind of murder monster descriptions that it is now this absolute treasure trove of GOIs comedy horror every topic you've spoken about on this podcast every topic and every article spoken about on the the myriad other podcasts regarding scp um it, it yeah it's something i'm very proud and happy to be involved in um and yeah i think it's yeah it's 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 fascinating discussing this stuff right and i think you know amongst all of those topics i think where horror is in many ways the wiki's bread and butter and it's what so many of us do so well. Yeah, I, I think it's a reason why Celadus came to it. Um, I I think the only subsection of people that, that don't necessarily care about that came to it for like kind of strange fiction or, or stuff that was just, you know, uh, slightly, you know, that, that weird kind of nebulous area between horror and science fiction or horror and fantasy where it's just kind of, it's, it's weird, you know, it's not trying to scare anybody. Um, but that all stuff, all that stuff is very interconnected with horror, you know, Lovecraft and other people like that. Um, and I think that the reason I'm attracted, the reason I was attracted to the SCP wiki, even though I was much older than most of the people that found the wiki, um, cause I found it in my, you know, early thirties was because it spoke to me on this very specific level that very, very little else was doing. And it was everything I kind of wanted where it's like kind of very informed by horror you know novels and horror movies but it also is kind of this own thing where it is I, I genuinely and I'm not just saying this because I keep you know uh, wanting to make a podcast and keep writing on it and whatnot but even you know I'm trying now to try and get published and, and all that stuff but I will I promise I will never stop wanting to write and read SCP because I think that it's some of the best strange fiction like being produced today absolutely there's i read a lot of horror and i read a lot of strange fiction you know commercial stuff as well 
and um, and I listen to a lot of horror podcasts, and and those are all inspired by things like SCP, and none of them come even close to the, some of the best SCPs that you know. That honestly, the three of us, in my opinion, have written stuff that's more impressive than I see in a lot of novels, and they're in short fiction on a website for free. And you know, there are other people out there that have written much better than us, and it's just crazy to me that there's all this talent um, kind of packed into this website. So. Uh, and that's I kind of why I really don't want to skip Harry's first pick, honestly. Yes, well, uh, you have precisely 25 minutes before I simply disappear from the call, so oh, that's good. <laughs> um, so we might have to hurry up. Then. Um, well, okay. I mean, I mean, alternatively, we could always do another episode like this because this has been like really interesting. We could. I don't know. It's up to you guys. Like, no, I, I, I'm not saying that as a time measure because I don't care. I'm just saying, like... No, I also have a hard really out in 25 minutes. And um, Dissadron was also, like, a really interesting guest so far. <laughs> so I think I think maybe doing this again with a couple more articles might be a better idea, especially because we also have that list of community articles and also our list of anthology articles. And we're yeah. not going to be doing anything other than breezing through them if we try to talk about them in this Yeah, episode. okay, so uh, how about... Do we want to skip both of yours and then maybe just go quickly through the community picks and then... And then we'll come. I, I do like this. I would love to come back and do this again. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should just do another one. Um, yeah. I think you can call it the community picks when we can do the emails and we can do this again because this was like really good. And Disadron said, This is the first podcast you did. You've been excellent so far. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So the community picks, we're only going to be very quick on them because, um, like I, you know, we've just, we've just said multiple times, we've already been talking for two and a half hours. So, um, SCP PL 007, uh, which is, I love it so, 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 so much. I did not know existed before now. It's criminally underrated. I think it's at plus nine. Um, if you don't have an, a, uh, the SCP IT, the international translation, uh, membership, go get one. So you can upload this article because it's fucking brilliant. It is as if SCP-PL-007, if the anomaly existed, it could, but did not have to, look like this. Happily, it does not exist. That's the <laughs> caption under the image for the article, which is, you know, just a mug. It's, it's fucking genius. If the anomaly existed, it would probably be described as a phenomenon that would make the confront, <clears throat> would make the confronter aware of what they need to achieve happiness. But of course, all employees of the Foundation know that these are only fantastic assumptions because the object, happily, does not exist. <laughs> it's fucking genius. And I mean, I don't mean to be at all dismissive of translations, but sometimes when we get translations into English, uh, I feel like we something has been lost in the translation. That, that's a yeah. trope for a reason. People say that because sometimes things are really meant to be read in their original language. Um, that's not to say I still don't enjoy them. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of really interesting stuff on the IT website. Um, this is, I think, one of my favorite things I've read there. It's, yeah, it's I, incredible. I would love to know. Maybe we'll get get ask Raniston for his, his appointment on this. I'd love to know how this compares to the original in Polish, and yeah. um, when it was a translation, and when it was translated across the the work the translator had to do to make the beat hit the same. Yeah, because it was almost a word for word translation, or whether they had to, you know mix stuff up to make it work because it's it's a really it's linguistically very smart yeah no absolutely and uh, this is a difference that i have i was somewhat aware of it because of 
uh, being a big fan of Japanese video games um, and being aware that there's a difference between just translation and localization. Um, but my girlfriend actually does that for a living um, in German and Swedish. So um, she's always one to like point out that like, mm, I don't think that those subtitles say, say that. <laughs> because it's just like, the brilliant thing about this article is that it, it makes such lyrically good sense. It has such a musicality to the language, and yet this is not in its original language. And I know that English to Polish is not an easy transition. And I think almost nothing is easy transition to English except for German. And so um, it's just very impressive because the beats are, you know, I, I feel like the person who translated this was a, was really putting in the effort to make it more of a localization than just a translation, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Okay, SCP-3158, which is by Communism Will Win. Uh, it's super short and effective. The image is also really effective. It also is a really cool commentary on both Eat the Rich and, uh, quote-unquote, you know, the phrase Eat the Rich, and also kind of... Um, very obvious more of a lifestyle <laughs> that's right and colonialism which is what i was saying and you said lifestyle <laughs> which is the terrible more of a lifestyle. <laughs> it's true i guess it was um but i don't really want to say anything because i think it's maybe 300 words <laughs> maybe 500 it's very short um but it's very very effective and i think people should go and read it it's a great example of what you were talking about earlier about hover enabling commentary mm -hmm. on on social matters that that you know would be tricky to comment on in other genres yeah and communism will win um has multiple times has we've talked about articles that they did um that fit that very well that it's very obviously talking about something serious that is going on in society that they want to have a conversation about but they wrote a creepy story about it instead of getting on their soapbox i guess and I, that's, that's my favorite way to talk about society is to interpret horror media and then go, oh, that's pretty smart. How the, I, I agree. <laughs> um, and then the last one I mentioned is by Gwari, which is SCP-6425. I believe this was Gwari's first article, um, which I am, um, I don't know, weirdly proud. I, I, don't, I don't think that it's just because of our podcast that Gwari has joined the community, but I know that Gwari has said before that that was kind of part of the process of them getting more and more comfortable with joining the community was listening to the podcast so that's something this is a really really good article uh that's sort of in two words anomalous cancer but that doesn't really explain it it's very scientific in a very old-fashioned scp sort of way um but in a very good way i don't want to demean the quality of the article it's 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 really good and creepy and oh, it's kind an of, excellent article yeah it's, it's it, it, the angle it takes where you suddenly realize what's happening yeah oh dear <laughs> It's another it's one like, like it takes us full circle because like 3127, the clinical language gives you a slight distance from what's going on. Uh, and then you suddenly, like you said, like realize kind of in the midst of reading it, kind of make that realization and kind of go, oh, that's that's fucked up. <laughs> and my my notes for this one simply comprise of it's a single sentence and I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to say it just in case it gives away too much but yeah like the the clinical or let me put it in let me put it in the chat the the clinical text here right i'm reading through this yeah i don't think that's giving anything away 
Okay, so the the note the note was nasty potty horror, or is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's really clever. Um, and yeah, it's also the descriptions. You kind of come away and you still feel grossed out. In yes, reality about real things. Uh, my favorite part about it is it's. I feel like it's pretty rare for body horror to be clever. That's not, okay, let me take that back. I, I'm not saying that body horror is never clever. I just mean a lot of times the goal of body horror, as somebody who enjoys body horror and finds it very creepy, it's mostly just upsetting because of the, the, the existential nature of like, oh, but this shouldn't be happening. It's This is not how bodies work. Yeah. Um, and, and, cool. this, and this one takes it a step further because there is that, but then what the best part is is it's actually quite clever and there's there's something not quite immediately obvious happening which is it's impressive uh, especially for a first article so yeah Corey good job absolutely um, yeah absolutely let's see okay so we so right now uh, and ending tomorrow um, there has been a thing going on that that, that Locke has organized uh, our co-author from 6500 and the co-author of 5999 um organized this thing called SCP Anthology, which was a one article for every letter of the alphabet in a, for every day of October. Although it had to include a few extra because obviously there's only 26 letters and 31 days of October. Um, and so all three of us have contributed to it. Harry's is called G is for Gesundheit, uh, which is great and deals with the Deva and I love it. <laughs> Achoo. Uh is H is for health and it Which is, is amazing. Yeah. It is also like a lot of the things you've done on its surface, just this very simplistic idea that has a really great like, oh, oh, we we completely went a different direction and I love it. Um I hope that's kind of what I was going for as well, but in a different way, which is U is for the unstrung, which is inspired by a dumb it literally was a fake movie poster for the new live action uh, <laughs> Pinocchio story, which is him marching in front of the sunlight. And then, but instead of whatever the actual tagline of the movie is, someone had photoshopped in, you cannot kill which was never alive. <laughs> and my brain just immediately started going, mm, what if Pinocchio was an eldritch horror? And then I just kind of took a month and wrote, I don't know why it took so long, but it was trying to make it not obvious what was going on. Um, and a few people have read it and thought that, oh, well, I thought it was going to be about the, the puppet losing its shit or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and in reality, it, it the puppet is apparently the beginning of the article. Um, so, yeah, it's like favorite, my favorite thing about you is the only strong Gregorian. You, you might not know this, but on the anthology hub, your professor name is Professor Geppetto. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness! The original. What? What? I know. Listen to this. Full circle. Bringing it home. Bringing it home. Okay. You uh, think we planned all this out? Yeah. It, uh, it's weird. Did you know that all these articles were about pigs? Uh, <laughs> we talked about these articles in this order because I don't know if you realize this, but this is the order in which they appeared on the outline that you gave us. <laughs> no shit. All right, come on, emails. All right, uh, Lizard Wizardly sent us the email is coming from inside the house. I just thought it was funny, but 
I don't know anybody named Blizzard Wizard Lee. I'm not sure if this is actually, I assume this is our uh, friend, Blizzard Wizard. Blizzard Wizard, but the email name was actually different. It, but the email itself, the address was said Blizzard Wizard Lee, so I'm making that assumption. It could be a weird coincidence. Um, yeah, totally. I'm not going to read the name because I believe it's their actual name. Um, yes, don't do that. No, I <laughs> won't. Um, but that was a very fun email, so thank you. Uh, Teeth said, hey, hello, hi. I finally found the courage to write an email. But more than just that, I wanted to say how much I've enjoyed the show. If I never found this podcast, I would not have delved into the wiki again. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, or reached out to people in this fantastic community, authors and artists alike, which is dope because Teeth makes really cool art. Uh, you are the reason for this rekindled hyperfixation. Every episode I get a new, and this was literally in large type in, in the email. Every episode I get a new boost of information and it highlights my week greatly. You both single-handedly brought me out of the Series 1 Tumblr Dark Ages. Well, thank Christ. <laughs> uh, I don't have any recommendations, seeing as every article I click on is new, but I hope you have a horrifyingly fantastic episode. Can't wait to hear it. Elevator music. Teeth <laughs> <laughs> is great. Uh, I've just started chatting with them, but they have really great stuff. Okay, who wants to read JTKC's? I'm I'm happy to. I mean, Harry as, right. as the the regular co-host. Uh, yeah, that's what we'll allow it. Harry is a red plenty. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's let's go then. Um, hiya guys, happy Halloween. I was a massive wuss when I was a kid, so I don't really have much in terms of horror media I'm nostalgic of. But now that I'm older and slightly less of a wuss, I've been reading a lot of horror comics and mangas, Ooh. which I'm going to recommend. Horror comics and manga, hell yeah. Here we go. These ones are lesser well-known comics on the webtoon app. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about, and are mostly done by one person each, which is insane given the quality and mad respect to the creator. Once we finish recording, Harry and Gregory, this is my commentary. You should be reaching out to webtoon to try and get a uh, sponsorship deal. I feel <laughs> right. So, what are the the uh, the comics recommended? Are Stagtown by Punko. This one is really good at keeping mystery going as the MC, who has recently moved back into her hometown, starts seeing weird anomalies, open brackets, hee hee, funny SCP word, close brackets, happening around town with the story split up into short arcs for each different weird event. It's very unsettling and I highly recommend. And the next one is Nocturne by Faya, which is F-Y-A-A. I heard off on saying Junji Ito for Stagtown, but now for Nocturne, the influence is definitely there. Open brackets, definitely not a bad thing since Junji Ito's work deserves the infamy they have. Close brackets. It's an anthology of different horror shorts, mostly in urban settings. The art here is also fantastic, with such good body horror, and the grainy and sometimes sketchy line work almost adds texture to the whole thing. I also want to mention that each individual chapter covers cover merges together to create a large image which is really cool that is really cool that is really cool hopefully i didn't ramble on too much my commentary absolutely not uh sorry guys i get carried away when i talk about comics a lot happy halloween and i can't wait for the spooky scp episode cheers jtkc 
<laughs> that's great. I didn't I... think that was was roundly at all. I thought that was concise no. and to the point. And, yeah, oh, I've, interesting I, recommendation. I've given JT uh, crap like lovingly before because sometimes they've <laughs> written like novels that I've had to cut down before we read them on the podcast. Uh, but no, I this was that. this is great. Uh, also, I didn't know about either of those, and I'm going to go check out both those because I love horror comics. Horror comics is another whole medium for horror that I feel like doesn't get as much attention as it should. Certainly in manga, it's really great horror stuff. Okay, uh, so I guess that'll kind of wrap it up for us. Um, the email address here, if you want to email in, uh, is simplycreativepeople at gmail.com. Uh, the show Twitter, uh, which you should pay attention to if you want to know what the upcoming episodes will be like, uh, is at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T my Twitter is at Gregory Carpin. Here, blank SCP. Uh, does John, do you have a Twitter you want to throw out? Or? I do not have a Twitter. Good for so. you. This is not the time come, to start. Come look at my author page. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, please look at the show description because all three of our author pages will be included in there along with uh, all the articles we talked about today. So, yeah, I think that should uh, wrap us up. Uh, and I think the ending note should be oink. I was going to say oink. I was going to say oink. So, well, I think we could probably all do that as... I mean, so let's, let's face oink. it. It's pigs all the way down, so... And you know what? You, you, can, you can, in fact, top pigs with pigs. 